This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you for tuning into the Thundercast. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam, here with another podcast that just talks about movies. Today's episode is coming to you live from the Redwoods. It's quiet here. Too quiet. Today's sponsor is Hands, because most of us have them. Uh, <laughs> uh, today's episode is, uh, we're, t- we're talking about uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, is our main topic of discussion. Um, specifically, uh, the more modern apes movies, but I, I don't, uh, I don't, not see us talking about the original Apes movies. Oh, we're going to talk about them if I have anything to say. About yeah, specific, more, more, most specifically the the first one, I think. Cause... We're going to talk about all five. <laughs> we're going to talk about all eight Apes movies. <laughs> Does this include Tim Burton? Yes. No, oh, fuck, I no, forgot about that no, one. Yeah, we're, no, that, we've, no, we've all no, forgotten about no, that. No, no. I hit my head on my no. parents' uh, uh, swing in their backyard today and totally forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> If, um, if anything, we'll just talk about what, why it was wrong. Anyway, yeah, well, move on. Why did they make it? Um, yeah, so to, but first and foremost, you know, we're going to go through from what we've seen this week. Um, so uh, we'll go from what Liam and I have seen that Lucas hasn't seen yet. So Liam and I both saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, which, in my opinion, is is a movie. Yeah. It, ha- it happened. It's a thing. It exists. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's <laughs> considerably better than the first one, but... Given that I thought the first one was the equivalent of herpes, that doesn't say a whole lot. Yeah, this is that was like uh, genital herpes. This one's more like face herpes. Mm. So you know, it hurts a little bit, but you know. So I, e- either way, just not a huge deal. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, it, I mean, genital herpes is kind of a big deal. Not really. Really? No. I, was, I don't know. I don't have them, yeah. ladies. I don't have them. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, with uh, specifically the Ant Man films and like Thor Ragnarok and even the Guardians films to come to some extent. I think I've come down to why I don't specifically usually love love them or worse, not like them. Um, which is because I've realized that I just don't care for that more ab-libby style in action movies. Yeah. I feel like it gets really meandery and throws every everything out of focus. Deadpool is the only thing that kind of breaks that, but I think it's because the writers and Ryan Reynolds are skilled enough to actually keep things on point. Yeah, they also know that that is the point of that movie, right? Like, Deadpool is self-referential. It's supposed to be kind of tongue-in-cheek. Although, on the note of Ryan Reynolds, I read this thing before coming here today, that Ryan Reynolds is is doing a remake of Home Alone, and it's called Stoned Alone. <laughs> and it's it's the same premise as Home Alone, except it's a, it's an adult who misses his ski trip, and and gets really stoned at home, and gets really paranoid that he thinks he's hearing people break into his house, <laughs> and then people actually break into his house. <laughs> uh, Which uh, anyway, besides See, the point, I'm, I'm kind of on the exact opposite spectrum of you when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, I wasn't crazy about Thor Ragnarok, but like I, I really like the more ad libby style of comedy. I didn't like Deadpool all that much. I thought it was very bland. But anyway, go on. No, I mean, I like ad libby. Uh, I like the ad libby stuff when it comes more so to comedies. But when you're doing it in action movies or like 
things where there's like more of a narrative, I feel like it kind of tends to throw shit I, off a I'm lot. Going, I'm going to heavily disagree with you there because comedies have to have a, narr- a strong narrative. If they don't, they're useless and should die. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> uh, otherwise, otherwise, it's just a, it's bland, bland joke after bland joke after yeah. bland joke, right? I don't you know, because like, movies. I think a lot of it is like, when I look at things like, say, I know a lot of the Ant-Man movies and especially, or both Ant-Man movies and especially Guardians and, uh, and Thor Ragnarok, it's that when something, when everything in your movie is a subversion, which they say is the point, it stops being a subversion. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think that's true, but go on. Anyway. Sorry, I was looking at my list and barely um, listening to like, but there, there was, uh There was shit I liked in it, like... Um, Paul Rudd is always a joy to watch, and yeah. watching him, even in the beginning, watching him pretend to be a dad is really cute and endearing. It's funny because he's not even being Scott Lang. He's he's Paul Rudd. Yeah, he's Paul Rudd as Ant. Well, I mean that's, well, that's not hard given. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean the <laughs> biggest issue with Scott Lang in the Marvel films is that Scott Lang is not a character. He's just a human quip machine. But isn't that what Paul? That's. Scott Lang isn't a quip machine. But there are people yeah. in life that are human quip machines. Yeah, but I mean like he has Paul no. Rudd. But I mean like he has no like. The problem is that with these movies, we never really learn much about him and like, or like, what really drives him to do what he does outside of the fact that he has the a daughter. The whole movie is about the whole first movie is about his drive. Yeah, but we, he wants to be the hero his daughter. Yeah, but the he is. only That's the whole point. But there's that whole thing about him being in jail, and the only answer we get it's like, oh yeah, I was super anti-authority, got arrested. I'm like, uh, he was, okay. He was a liter- he, okay. He was a literal thief, a professional thief. That's why he was in prison because he got caught. That's spelled yeah, out. But he talks like, about exactly. Yeah, but he talks about being anti. He, uh, he talks well. about being anti-authoritarian, but we never learn anything about that. We. I'm like, okay, tell me more. Oh no, we're not going to do that. You don't need more than that. Yeah. It's, it's like display, why? It's why is displayed in the movie? They why don't is, talk about why it. Why is James Bond a spy? Because he's good at it. He gets, I don't know. I, I, with that, I could at least see uh, he likes hot women, he likes fancy cars, and he gets to play with cool gadgets. Yeah, well, he's fucking Ant-Man. I don't know why I'm defending Ant-Man. I hate the first one. Um, um, but, it's the same thing with uh, even uh, Hank Pym in those movies. Like, uh, we don't, we never really learned what his big beef with S.H.I.E.L.D. is outside of, like, oh, they were taking my tech. It's like, okay, did you disagree? They were taking his tech. Do you I'd be disagree? Like, that's a pretty legitimate Do reason. you disagree with the principles of what they were using your tech for? They're stealing his tech. I'd be pretty pissed if people were plagiarizing my shit. Yeah. FYI, you steal my shit, I'll be pissed. <laughs> we're going to hunt you down, and we're going to say very harsh words. I'm going to get really tiny and punch you <laughs> like a bullet. Um, anyway, I think uh, we've spent enough time on Ant-Man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, my, I'll, give you, I'll give you my one-word review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Oh, sorry, there I was going to say one more thing about it. Oh, God. What well, a waste of Walton Goggins. Yeah, what a waste of Walton Goggins. That guy's awesome. I mean, movies need more Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins rules! (laughs) Movies need more Walton Goggins like they need more William Thickner. Yeah. We've had this conversation before. Yeah. Um, uh, What did you see? I didn't really see anything new lately. I've just mostly been re-watching stuff. Uh, And I re-watched both How to Train Dragon movies. Uh, I didn't mean to re-watch both of them, but, like, the first one ended, and I'm like, I don't want it to stop, so I put in the next one. And I just, I, I love those movies, especially yeah. the first one. The first one feels like they reached into my brain, ripped out everything I loved, and made a movie out of it. Jay Baruchel, yeah. <laughs> Dragons. I, I still think he has one of the best line deliveries, like, 
ever in that movie with the thank you for nothing, you useless reptile. You know, it's, it's a great, a great <laughs> delivery. How, I'm, how, how to Train Your Dragon is a movie I've always wanted to watch, both of them, but I've never got around to. Me neither. I have the Blu-rays. We should watch it. We should watch all both of them. We'll I do a special episode. Lucas yeah. made us watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd love that. I uh, yeah. I just haven't had a chance no, to see them. They're great movies. And I also rewatched uh, the HBO miniseries Band of Brothers. Two things. Two things very opposite on the spectrum. One one is a kids movie about dragons. The other one is a, is a World War Two drama. Oh, I thought it's, Band of Brothers was just like a like that Naked Brothers band move, show. Remember no, that? that's that's <laughs> Brothers of Band. Oh, Brothers of Band. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Naked Brothers of Band. Do you was, remember that, that show? Was stu- you, no. You, no? Okay. That was a stupid was, joke. Man. It was a anyway. shitty, shitty Nickelodeon show. <laughs> anyway, Band of Brothers is... Uh, both these things I'm talking about, neither of these fuckers have seen. So. Yeah, haven't seen Band of <laughs> Brothers. I've seen bits and pieces because um, mm. we had a we had a uh, instructor in film school. That's right. That's yeah, right. Uh, shout out to... Um, our sound instructor. I don't want to name names. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, he was great and showed us a lot of stuff for Better Brothers and like the sound design and then whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, from what I did see, I was like, this is. I could see myself getting into this if yeah, I had it, you it know is, ten hours of, to waste. It, yeah. Not I, waste. I have the Blu-rays of that of Better Brothers as well. There we go. We're gonna we're gonna sit down for a day. We're gonna watch How to Train a Dragon. Then we're gonna watch all the Band of Brothers. Then How to Train a Dragon too. <laughs> yeah. Just because you know you, you got... <laughs> just break them up with Band of Brothers. <laughs> Because you need a break from all that levity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I sincerely doubt it's at all, especially given my thoughts on it, to the caliber of either of your movies. But the other thing I saw recently, uh, just through work, was Hotel Transylvania 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, to give you a little background, I really like the first two. And I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan. Like, I think the guy can be legitimately funny, but he just wastes oh, yeah. all his poten- uh, potential on poop jokes and... Uh, Needless cameos. Yeah, the fir- I, I've seen the first one, and it was fun. Yeah, yeah no, I, I like it. I think a lot of it is, like, one, like, uh, all the characters are, like, very fun and endearing. The animation is so fast and fluid and, like, like well, it's done by the same guy who did Samurai Jack, so if that says enough. anything. Mm-hmm. It's also the one time you get to see Adam Sandler and all of his friends, but you don't actually have to fucking watch them. Like, <laughs> just listen to them. Yeah, just listen. Um, and they're, they're funny guys when, oh, yeah, they, they, when they have good material. So um, Well, the thing is, I think they just make movies as a way of taking vacations. Yeah. Oh, it's which, been admitted honestly, to that. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I'm down for that. <laughs> like, I make will, a movie I with your friends. I will work with Adam Sandler any day of the week. Just go out. Like have have like a vacation sort of make a movie it's on like, the hey, side. Hey, Lucas, sit up. Uh, sit by. <laughs> I'm making a movie in Hollywood. You sit, come? Just sit up a pool. Like, uh, Lucas, you need to said, "Oh shit, give me yeah. a minute." <laughs> Wait, Liam, give me give me your best Sandler impression. Shamanamahu. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, it's me, uh, Adam Sandler. Hey, Nico pal. <laughs> it's uh, me, I'm not Adam. even gonna try. Adam uh, Sandler. I can't do that. Um, but I can't do it. Uh, with hotels, Here, here's my best Rob Schneider. <laughs> Rob Schneider is a stapler. Anyway, um, uh, but with uh, Hotel Transylvania Three, it's sadly I didn't enjoy it as much as the first two. Oh, I think nice. a, I think a lot of it is it being set on a cruise because the first. What I love about the first two is that they just scream and breathe Halloween, which is my favorite holiday. Yeah, and then and they release this one in the fucking summer. And they're on like a cruise. They also throw a bunch of people in there who just don't need to be there, like uh. Mel Brooks as Dracula's grandpa is back, and he does nothing. They literally just cut to him every little while, and it's not even funny. He's just doing yeah. doing old people on a boat thing, shuffleboard, um, <laughs> hitting on old women. But yeah, and there, I don't know. I just felt like uh, it was the third go around, and they didn't really have an idea. They just felt they had to make it, so they did. Yeah, well, that's that's fine. Yeah, 
I mean, sometimes you just got to remake a movie. <laughs> was there anything else you watched uh, this week, Christian? Or? Yeah, so I know you're looking at my sheet right now, so you know what I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've been watching the Ken Burns uh, Vietnam War. It's really long, so you got to kind of like space it out. Um, 18 hours of hearing about one of the biggest uh, mistakes in American history. <laughs> you really get to learn a lot about JFK and how big of... I'm sorry to my American listeners. Please do not come and shoot me in the head. Um, JFK was kind of a piece of shit. I'm just going to say it. He was kind of a dick. Yeah, Honestly, he, I think you have to be at least a little bit of a piece of shit to be president of the United yeah, States. Yeah, he yep. did set oh, the president <laughs> as the president. Aye. Um, he set the president... Uh, as the president to to um once you're in a war to stay in that fucking war Mm -hmm. like he he did he could have pulled out of vietnam at any at any point but was just like but if those commies win then i lose (laughs) we need to get to the moon before anyone else (laughs) that was before that um but yeah anyway like whatever i don't want to get too big into this but uh, we'll we'll have a we'll no we're not gonna do that i was gonna say we'll have a whole episode about vietnam that sounds like a (laughs) terrible idea people have done it um, this, this movie podcast now talking about politics. Yeah, yeah. Vietnam specifically. Yeah, only Nam. Only Nam. We're gonna go day by day for the tw- nineteen <laughs> years of Vietnam. Christian Kosinick's hardcore Nam history. <laughs> Me talking about history would be the most like uh, blasphemous thing on the face of the planet. I would just like, oh man, I would be such a. Dick. It would be like listening to Gary Busey high on cocaine trying to talk about gender <laughs> sensitivity. Oh, Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh. Ah. <laughs> Um, and then I also rewatched Wayne's World the other day. I don't know if you guys have seen Wayne's World. I haven't seen it in years. Oh, Bits and pieces. Fuck, it's awesome. It's so <laughs> funny. It's it's another one of those movies that that is kind of self like self referencing, but it does it in a way that it doesn't distract away from the plot. In fact, it like adds to it. Um, in in verses like with Deadpool, where it's a lot of it is to kind of distract your attention away. Um, yeah, Wayne's World is super funny. So many lines. I can quote that whole fucking thing. I went out to, I went to my parents' house for dinner before I came here, and my brother and I had seen had rewatched it, and uh, I told my parents that we rewatched it, and we just all dinner quoted the movie. It's, just, it's one of our, our family's favorites. Right on. Um, what else have you watched, Liam? Uh, the only other thing I watched this week that I'm gonna talk about is uh, Ryan Johnson's first movie, Brick. Because I had wanted to watch it for a while, but I hate downloading and watching stuff online. So I was at um, Value Village, and I found a copy there, picked it up, went home and watched it. I really liked it. It's a weird little movie. Yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a first movie. Yeah. Yeah, Liam showed me a clip or two, and I was like, you can tell it's um, a first movie. Yeah, for, for me, I had trouble like remembering what was going on. Really? I, was, I didn't have that at all, but I think a lot of that comes from like a lot of... Uh, very anime influences and like uh, you say something and then it just moves on. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was very anime influenced, and especially when I did see it, I haven't seen it for years. But when I did see it, I had not seen, I'd, I'd seen a couple anime, but like nothing to really understand how the medium works. Yeah, like I just like how when you how uh, particularly when people punch each other, it looks like anime. Mm. And even when uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's walking around. He, he's essentially moving and walking the same way Spike from Cowboy Bebop walks and moves. Okay. Um, so I was like, so I thought that was a really cool little touch. I also liked how uh, the whole idea of like taking a hard-boiled noirish detective story and setting it in a high school. I thought that was kind of cool and original to a point where we're kind of poking fun at it in points. Okay. Like say that scene when he's talking to. Uh, there's that scene where he's 
uh, at that drug dealer's house, and he's talking to him, and his mom's in the kitchen and, like, giving them food and whatnot. That's funny. (laughs) Um, Also, Comic-Con was passed last week. Uh, A lot of cool shit came out of Comic-Con this year, Uh, at least cool things that I'm stoked on. Um, There were a lot of pretty decent trailers. There's also a lot of... I did see one of them. What? I saw Shazam, the Shazam trailer. Okay, yes. So... I'm going to go down the one. Let's go from the ones that I. Th- okay, I hate well, that I'm going to take control of this, but I also don't hate it. Um, <laughs> uh, of what I thought were the worst trailers to what I thought was the best trailer. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and I only saw four of the trailers that released for Comic Con. I've seen all of them. So. Um, so, the best trailer I saw Glass. Yes, definitely. Okay. Holy fuck. Is that Shyamalan's? Movie? Yes. It's the sequel to Unbreakable. Um, also, spoiler, it's a sequel to Split, mm-hmm. um, and oh shit, dude, does it look cool. Just seeing okay. look, just seeing them together and, like, Sarah Paulson interviewing them. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, the way that the, he tells that story in that trailer, it looks just so enticing. Hmm. And Liam, Liam will probably say it, but it's full of Shyamalanisms. Shyamalanisms? <laughs> and uh, it's just, word. like, full of, like, Shyamalan dialogue. But it works. Pardon me. But it works. It works so well because it's a comic book. And I say that, I've always said about Shyamalan, which is that a lot of people have always classed Shyamalan as being a bad writer. Um, But I've never, I've never called Shyamalan a bad writer or a bad filmmaker. I think he's, for a long time, he just didn't make a lot of very good movies from like inflation of budgets and whatnot and like taking on projects he shouldn't be doing. Uh, Somebody had said to me recently, yeah, somebody had said to me recently that somebody just needs to rope him in at times. And be like, do you really think you should do this? Do you really think that's a good that's a good idea for <laughs> this, this movie? This is not going to go the way you think. <laughs> yeah, and, and just like kind of tone him down at points because if he has full control, it usually doesn't work the way that you think it's going to work, or I, he doesn't think it's going mean, to work. I still stand by that he's not very good at writing dialogue, but every writer and filmmaker has their strengths and their weaknesses. Oh yeah, I feel like dialogue has always been like a weaker link for Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. Sure. but it but I've always stood by like. The way you can always tell, like, with Shyamalan movies, that you're in a bit of a different kind of reality is that the people just don't talk right. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, no. I like like Hooters. It's like watching anything written by George Lucas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even though George Lucas pushes it to a point where I'm like, shut up, shut up. That's the thing. George Lucas is just like, I'm not a good writer. (laughs) (laughs) He said it, too. He has said it many times. But then then as soon as anybody else says it, he won't own up to it. Kevin Smith says, I'm not a good director. I'm an okay writer. Yeah. You know? And it's good for it's good for directors to know what their strengths are. Yeah. Um. And then the second best trailer I saw from Comic Con was the Godzilla King of Monsters trailer. Yes. Okay. Holy shit! Does is that it the one look with cool? uh, Millie Bob Brown? In sure it? is. Mira yeah. Farmiga's um, there. Yeah. Mia um, Farriga, oh, cool. uh, Shea, uh O'Shea Jackson Jr. Um. Uh, Sal Chandler. Yeah. Sally Hawkins. Uh. And Ken Watanabe is back. Ken Watanabe nice. is nice. back. Let you know, fight. if he doesn't say let them fight again, I'm fucking out. Let them fight. <laughs> There's this great scene in the first one where uh, it's Godzilla. I've seen the clip. Yeah, let them fight. <laughs> uh, um, I want to explain it to our listeners, Lucas. <laughs> sorry. Not um, to you. Okay. <laughs> Not everything is an explanation to you two idiots. I'm pretty sure everything. Not you is two about... idiots, our audience members uh, who are gagged oh, and bound. Yes. The arrogance <laughs> of man. We got to give those guys names. They just kind of sit there. The arrogance of man. We should probably think the nature is in our control. And not the other way around. <laughs> Let them fight. Let them fight. Thank you, Liam. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to overdub you with the clip. 
um, this episode featuring Ken Wananabe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it the trailer looks so awesome, um, and and uh, like I'm a sucker for monster movies. Mm. You put you put you put uh, Godzilla on screen. They have King Ghidorah there. Um, they Mothra, have Mothra and Rodan. Rodan. There's this great bit in the trailer, dude, where um, Mothra's wings open up, and it's gorgeous. The yep. movie actually looks beautiful. Yeah, the thing with this is that. They're making. They do an interesting thing with the monsters in this trailer, where they don't make them look terrifying or like big, like hulking, destructive things. They're like they portray them almost as like gods and like just these beautiful like manifestations of nature and evolution. Yeah, the only reason why they're destructive is because they're fucking huge. <laughs> and and like, like oh shit, sorry guys. Oh fuck, sorry. Yeah, pretty much. And like Godzilla is the hero as he should be. Oh. Yeah. Even Gareth Edwards said when he uh, was doing the first uh, Godzilla. The thing you wanted to go back to that all the bad American dubs got away th- from is that Godzilla is kind of like the T-Rex in um in Jurassic Park, where she's kind of like more of an anti-hero than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then we- the the next trailer I saw that was pretty okay was the Aquaman trailer. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty cool in some spots. Yeah, I think it looks all right. Um, Black Am- Manta looks sweet. Oh, Black Manta looks dope. Amber Heard's hair looks so fake. <laughs> well, which is interesting because apparently that she did actually go through like the whole dyeing process. Why does it look like a wig? Why does it look like it was sewn onto her fucking skull? Um, and did I mean, Johnny Depp do it? That's a terrible oh. joke. Oh. I think we have oh, to cut shit. this one out, folks. Um, we'll, we'll say we'll cut it, then we'll feature it at the top of the episode again. Um, no, this one I'm going to put time. in the I'm going to put the clips at the very end, um, they, just uh, so we can hear it twice. Um, no, three times. I'll put it at the start too. Uh, yeah. one twice. Th- one thing I was going to say about the trailer is that. Um, uh, is that Jason Momoa is still playing Brockwaman, but it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't hurt because I like Brockwaman. So. That's a pretty sweet okay. bit where he goes into a submarine. Although he goes into the submarine from the roof, which... It, the water would go in. Submarine. Theoretically. It depends on how quick... So he goes into the submarine, and then he like looks at them, and he goes, like, sorry for the... Inter- or like something along the lines of just like... Permission to come aboard. Yeah, permission to come aboard. <laughs> yeah. And he still has the whole, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my man. <laughs> it's all, it's uh, Yeah, no, he's probably I didn't, the best I didn't part. see Justice League because it looked bad. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, um, uh, he's one of the, thing, the things I was iffy on in Justice League that I ended up liking. Mm. He wasn't like the Ezra Miller's Abominable Flash, but... Hey, are you Bruce Wayne? Um, uh, My and second then, favorite chair. <laughs> and then I saw uh, the Shazam trailer, which I thought was the weakest of the four that I saw. Mm. Um, I also have Fantastic Beasts written here, but I didn't watch the trailer. I just it. watched it today. Um, I thought it looks pretty cool. The the, the I trailer like the first one. So you do for Shazam. It it's just. It, it's like a 90s superhero 80s. film, or no, I'd say 90s. Really, dude. it reminds me of that uh, movie with um, Shaq. I think it's called uh, Kazam. Yeah, Kazam <laughs> with Shaq. Um, it just reminds me of that kind of style, that kind of humor. Mm. Um, and there's also a bit where he does the flossing dance. Have you ever seen that? Where the, the okay. it's the cool thing, the hip cool thing that the kids are doing now. Oh, is it one of those Fortnite dances? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's the one where you swing your arms in front and swing your hips. Anyway, oh, yeah. Shazam does it that in the trailer, and mm. I was like, mm. at least he didn't Ugh. fucking dab. <laughs> you know, if he dabbed, I would have been like, yo. No, if he dabbed, I would have lightning. I would have closed that fucking screen down and say, no, I'm not seeing this bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. The only reason I watched it, I thought it was a, an okay trailer, was because I'm I watched uh, Chuck. All the way through, oh. and, and that's Chuck, Zachary. isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Zachary Levy or yeah. Levi, right? Levy, yeah, or uh, Levi. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to say. Yeah, because my my dad was a, was watching Chuck for a while, so I'd catch episodes here and there. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, I enjoyed what I saw, and I 
from what I've seen, uh, Zachary uh, Levi in, I haven't minded him. And, yeah. he, and in the trailer, he does he look was, like he's... He was Flynn Rider in Tangled. I haven't seen Tangled. Oh. Um, Good movie. Yeah, like, cause he's, movie. And in the trailer, he seems like he's having fun. Yeah. And, I mean, like, that's always endearing when the, when the people there seem like they legitimately want to be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of... I, I like him as an actor, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see him get a big movie. No matter how, how I feel about the movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, the trailer was fine for me. Yeah, that's the thing. <clears throat> I said it was the worst of the four I saw. By no means is it the worst trailer I've ever seen. Oh. I thought it was. I thought it was. It looks passable. Yeah. It looks fine. like I, like I'm. I'm probably still gonna go see it because uh, there was that one shot in there where he's the kids walking through the carnival and he goes Shazam and then it's like the the cloud pops up and then he walks out through the Shazam walks through the cloud. I'm like that's a cool effect. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you know what the absolute worst trailer was? Titans. Oh God, fuck Batman. Oh, I, I saw that one. Fuck that Batman. Was, that was. It was a very strange trailer. It just, I don't know, it felt very oddly paced. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is also the fact that, like, I feel like it's almost made in response to all the fans of Teen Titans who are pissed off that, like, you have Teen Titans Go, which took something they really liked and dumbed it down for six-year-olds. Apparently that movie's doing really well. Um, and, um, no, but I mean, like, the television show. Which, I know, but the movie. Yeah, because like, I've watched the, the show, and I thought it was one of the most insufferable things I had ever had the pleasure of seeing on television. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I grew up watching the original Titans show, and the thing that they don't seem to get is that Yes, the, uh, the original Titan show had its dark moments, but it always had like that lever- levity and like kind of like screwball-y humor. Yeah, totally. So you kind of got to find that balance. And I'm like, I'm just tired of DC just being like, oh, we're getting too dark. Oh, let's but, be really over the top and happy. I mean, to be fair, the Teen Titans comics are not funny. No, there's uh, there's always like some kind of levity in them. They're not like... But they're not like Teen Titans or Teen Titans Go kind of levity. Yeah, they're but, levity like a comic book levity, you know? Yeah, but they're not like Titans... Fuck. Um, okay, now we're going to move on to something a little more um, political. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> we're going to talk about James Gunn. Okay, um, for those of you that don't know what happened with the James Gunn thing, James Gunn was fired from Disney, um, not just Guardians. He was fired from Disney because of a series of tweets that he uh, sent out uh, almost a decade ago. To be fair, a lot of those tweets are very aggressive they're bad they're 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 pretty gross and very disgusting a lot of them are transphobic a lot of them are pedophile jokes most of them are just or some of them are rape jokes yeah like he's he Mm -hmm. and they're they're not good they're not even funny jokes no they're not okay they're They're, like some some people could could tell those jokes and they would get a chuckle but that's not it still doesn't make it right Um, they're very shock jockey uh, yeah yeah, he even he even admitted that he would he told those jokes to get a reaction out of people. Right. So that's the that's the conversation now. Is do you think that James Gunn should have been fired from Disney? Fuck no. Okay. I I agree. I don't think he should have been fired. Right. Okay. And there's lots lots of reasons behind that. Yeah. So let's get let's get into it. So, <laughs> so um, my, um, I I was a, I was a part of the camp of fuck James Gunn, get him out of there uh, oh, for of for a were. little while, for a little while. And fuck you, Liam. <laughs> fucking fire you. Uh, um, but I uh, I was a part of that just because I had read the tweets and I went solely off of that. I had none of the information or anything like that. And so when Liam and I had a campfire at a friend's house last week and we had this conversation with a couple friends. And uh, I was very much on the side of, I don't think he should be allowed back at Disney. However, um, after reading Sean Gunn's um, response, and then after reading this one, which I'm going to read you right now, this is the Bobcat Goldthwait, who um, is, a, is a comedian. 
He's also a film director and a producer and all this stuff. Specializes in dark comedy and taboo humor. Yes. So he wrote on his Instagram page. It says, I love James Gunn. He's a loyal friend, super talented, passionate, and kind. I wanted to say something. Here it is. Dear Disney, I would hate for you to come off as hypocritical, so I'm just suggesting that you remove my voice from an attraction that's coming to your park. It's called World of Color, Villainous, and it reprised the role of Pain, a role I played in Hercules. You see, here's the deal. Years ago, I made a lot of uh, sarcastically shocking and offensive jokes, many that I'm embarrassed about now. And I'd hate, uh, hate to make you guys look bad, seeing that I'm openly critical of the president and his administration. You see, um, to be taking your lead from some of his radical fringe supporters. I think James Woods ha uh, may have recorded a voice for your new attraction, too. Why not check out some of his wacky tweets wh while you're at it? They're a hoot. For the record, I do not stand with survivors. Sorry, for, for the record, I do stand with the survivors of sexual abuse. And I was wondering if you guys are still making money off your movie Powder. Asking for a friend. Thanks, Bobcat. So. Damn. Thank you, Bobcat. Wow. Yeah, Bobcat used to be quite something try watching stage. shakes the clown yeah it's <laughs> it's a lot um but he went on to play pain in in um hercules mm -hmm. um which is probably one of his most no notorious roles um and, and uh james and there's also the fact that james woods is in that movie and he's outside of his tweets he's received allegations of being a sexual predator yeah and disney um let them both re-record lines for their new attraction which is hypocritical Yep. Right, and to, to fire also Disney continuing to in sorry sorry to interrupt you, but no, also Disney continuing to employ Johnny Depp, who's yes. a known wife beater yeah. and yeah. Uh, and has been caused an almost caused an international incident. Yeah, <laughs> with, his with dogs the dogs. Yeah, in Australia. Yeah. And yeah. That's that's silly. But still, that's something else. Point is, he's not a good person, and is recently doing really shitty things. Not just tweeting shitty jokes, but there's Johnny still, Depp. Yeah. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. This conversation so, has nothing to do with yeah, Johnny so, Depp. But the point is that, like, um, uh, the point is that, like, J uh, James Gunn, even before uh, getting hired at Disney, uh, apologized for the jokes, uh, was, uh, talked about how just for bullshit shock jock type things, and Disney hires him. But now, scared that they're going to get a bad, uh, bad publicity, they just fire him. Well, no, but so here's the thing that, like, Lucas was saying, Lucas and I had this conversation before you got here. Was that it was all of these tweets were dug up by extreme right, mm -hmm. um, uh, an alt right. Uh, I don't want to use the word, word pundit, but that's the only word I can think of. I don't know. He's 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 a Twitter user guy who's constantly he's super. He's a white supremacist. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would call him a Nazi, but he's like flirting with the Nazis sort of thing. <laughs> and James Gunn is <laughs> hey. known on for his Facebook and Twitter for being like having very, a lot of very, very anti-Trump. Yeah, very, and very, well, the thing is, his politics aren't actually leftist. His his social policies are leftist, but his actual uh, policies policies yeah. are centrist to conservative. Yeah, in fact, don't uh, quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he's uh, spoken about being like a libertarian, which is kind of like I, I heard him call himself fiscally conservative. But anyway, <laughs> point is, James Gunn was very, very anti-Trump, very, very anti-white supremacy in all the, all his tweets. Then there's this guy I I don't remember his name, like Mike Cernovich or something. I don't know. Um, who is a alt-right spokesperson, let's call him. And he's the one who dug up these tweets, and he's trying to weaponize the outrage that the, far, that the left typically has. He's trying to weaponize it against the left. Yeah, and like the oversensitivity and like the, the, all those social justice warriors you see all over Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also the fact that 
Uh, this kind of ties into the issue, but it just reminded me why I hate Twitter and how toxic I think the whole the whole medium is. Yeah, um, it, it's it's it depends on who you follow and everything. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was it was it was a hit piece essentially. Yeah, yeah. They're trying they're trying to rip rip uh, the left apart. I don't know why they think like Hollywood are typically left supporters, but they're not the left. Yeah. No, but well, I mean, Hollywood is very... Here's another part of this, too. Sorry, Liam. Is that is that Disney is buying Fox right now. Mm-hmm. Disney, although, is not buying Fox News. However, Fox mm-hmm. News is a right um, uh, news broadcaster. Yeah, pretty far right wing. Now, yeah. now, now, here's the thing. If they're buying Fox, they're buying a, a, a part of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of a massive a, a, a part of it is that Disney probably fired him to satisfy the the idea of of buying Fox because they knew they could fire him so that they could gain the um, support of Fox to buy them hmm. and then maybe they'll hire them hire him back. It might just be a temporary thing. Maybe. Right, because you can't really do the the Guardians movies without James Gunn. Yeah, like the, yeah. I don't know. There's I mean, you t- could. There are yeah, rumors I mean, going around that work. that somebody wants uh, somebody in Disney wants uh, Taika Waititi to take over. Well, I mean, that would um, kind of work. Which I mean, like I feel like their styles are very yeah. Different. And because yeah. the, the thing is that like, and I'm not just uh, defending James Gunn because I'm a big fan of his work. I'm not a big James Gunn fan. Like, I think the Guardians movies are fine. Um, the only thing he's made that I, that I've seen that I really liked was Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Oh shit! Um, he did do Dawn of the Dead. Um, but, he also wrote both the Scooby Doo yeah. movies. Yes. Did you, no, did James Gunn? Did <laughs> or the you, first one? At least. Did James Gunn direct Dawn of the Dead? He wrote it. Yeah, he wrote Zack Snyder of the Dead. directed. Zack Snyder directed. Um, but I was gonna say is that like, um, there's also the. I think what irritates me most about this whole thing is that, uh, how do I explain this? It's that like it encourages the idea of like, oh yeah, no, it's impossible for anybody to learn from their mistakes and grow as a person. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like. That's just, I'm like, that's not progression. That's called no. just bearing the past. You need to remember your failures in order to succeed. But but he has apologized yes. for these things. So he yeah, ha- he, he, he does recognize it. He knows that he fucked up. Yeah, and if you t- hear from anybody, like, who has worked with James Gunn, they've talked about, like, how great of a guy he is, how, like, he's always been super supportive. Like, even Michael Rooker this week quit Twitter in protest. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. And well, Batis- I mean, Batista's, there's also talk about Batista's. Batista's uh, there's talk about Batista's threatening to walk, saying, like, uh, if you uh, if if this continues, you don't have Drax anymore. Yeah, Damn. and I mean, I mean, major part of this for me is that you know I've been a fucking asshole. Yeah, I I've have d- too. I've done some pretty shitty fucking things. I and I, I will admit those things. I've tr- I, you know I I don't know if I've openly apologized for them. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This is my open apology <laughs> yeah, for, for, for the things that I've done. I'm not going to get into specifics because it's it's irrelevant right now on this on this this podcast. But um, if you want to have a lifestyle podcast we'll fucking do that but uh i've done things that i'm not fucking proud of and and and, as I, I. and i mm. i have found tried to find ways to apologize for those things try to find ways to live with myself and just to be better yeah and to and to move on past that and i've made an active effort in the past year almost exactly a year mm. an, an active effort to become a better person to actively work on myself which is something that i think people don't give a fuck about in, in in Hollywood or just in general. If you're in the mm-hmm. public eye, people don't fucking care. No, people kind of see each other, and I used to too, <clears throat> as sort of static things. Like, oh, that person is a good person, or that person is a bad person, right. and that's set in stone, will never change, and, and is just the way it is. If someone made one bad tweet, they are forever in the bad person category. And, and that, that's just not how it works. And no, I'm, I'm totally the kind not. of person who I don't believe in uh, – 
I was in anybody being inherently good or bad. I think there's just people with their own agendas. Hmm. Um, I, I think there's. I think there are. I feel like yeah. I feel like there is, but I feel like you can reach that point where you do like when you cross that line and become, as you put it, a bad guy or a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the thing with James Gunn is that like I've talked to some people and they're like, oh, how can you uh, defend James Gunn for insensitive tweets and whatnot, but condemn a president or uh, or like all or all James these other Gunn people? James Gunn is not a politician. I'm like, also, to movies. be fair, also. <laughs> The president's tweets and the president's actions are current. Yeah. Oh, and there's also the fact that James Gunn, as juvenile and stupid as they were, was making fucking jokes. Okay. Not promoting fucking hatred or like mass genocide. I'm going to cut you off there. (laughs) A lot of those are not jokes. A lot of those are not fucking funny. Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, I'm also the guy that made a school shooting joke on the last podcast. (laughs) However, I know that that rape jokes, transphobic jokes, um... Jokes about uh, about pedophilia; those are not fucking funny. The way that he told them, but also those are not fucking funny. Okay, but you need to keep in mind the context of when they were coming out. Like ten years ago, nobody was talking about or giving a shit about that. So everybody kind are of are you fucking kidding me? Everybody was giving a shit about rape and and transphobia. Not as much as, not as, much as now. People did not put as much. True, but to, to to say that no one cared about it is a little fucking. Yeah, but yeah, nobody that's was. Not true. Yeah, but nobody was going to like this extremes and being uh, going to these extremes. We live in an age of extremes and just people refusing. We live. We live in an age where we hear everything. Yes, people were just people were just as outraged about fucking Martin Luther King nailing his demands to the church door, but we just didn't hear about it because we didn't have the internet. Right. Yeah. And, like, to be honest, again, I refuse to believe that James Gunn was going out of his way to, like, promote hatred or anything. Like, a lot of people do on Twitter. And I think, I mean, okay. All right. I shouldn't have gotten so excited. So you need to get (laughs) part part of it, too, Liam, though, is that he was also not super popular at the time. He didn't have the notoriety that he does now. So as the more public you get, the more you have to kind of tiptoe around what you're saying, which is, you know, it's an unfortunate circumstance of being a celebrity. But when he was making those tweets, Slither was out. I think that was, like, the biggest thing that he had made at the time. He's not like some other people who are currently on Twitter where I look at, where I read some of her posts. I'm like, okay, you are working for these people. This is your job. You need to stop, take a step (laughs) back, and consider what you're saying. Yeah, and take a step back and fuck your own face. (laughs) Yeah, I just think, I don't know, I just think the biggest thing is, like, just on the bigger issue is that it encourages the idea of, like, it's the ideal, which I think is horribly toxic, which is... It's a, it's, now it's impossible for you to grow up, uh, to grow up and move past your mistakes, despite how much effort encourages and, and that not, bullshit. Yeah, and not just that, it kind of. I think it will give people the idea that well, what's the point in changing if people are going to shit on me right. for something I did ten years ago? Yeah, exactly, and and that's unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, incredibly like, unhealthy. Yeah, shit like that, that. That's that is a hate culture. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, like shit like say. I mean, there obviously there are things I agree with, like. Um, like the Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein stuff, like yeah, that, down. because you actually legitimately hurt people. Yeah, they committed and, crimes. And there's yeah, yeah. also, the, and but I think what's most irritating is that the whole James Gunn thing. I see like some very far left people treating this like it's the exact same thing as that. Yeah, no, it's not. James Gunn, as I'm, I'm confident he did not actually commit pedophilia. No, no, <laughs> and uh, by no means am I saying that I'm not, either. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that definitely didn't happen just because I don't believe in certainty, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm confident that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like, I think one of two things is going to happen. Either uh, uh, Disney's going to, which I think is the least likely, Disney's going to cave and bring him back. Because to be honest, I'm surprised more people from Guardians haven't spoken up and walked. Like, I'm shocked Pratt hasn't made a statement about it. He, he did, a, a vague one. Yeah, but I mean, well, there's also the fact that Chris Pratt likes having a job, and I'm sure a lot of these other guys do. Yeah, I mean, Zoe Saldana also made a 
vague-ish statement. She just said, I want to make it clear that I love all of my Guardians family. Mm, and okay. then Pom Klemetov, is that how you say it? Uh, yeah, um, Mantis. Yeah, she, she posted a video of her writing, like, we are group, we are family. So I think that's either going to happen or Disney's not going to, and they're going to bleed for it. Like the mouse, um, you know what? The I mouse don't know has a, the me, I don't know. I mean, the like just from some public outroar. They get a paper cut at least. Yeah, I feel like the mouse has a cut on there, and uh, assuming they don't start to get back together, the mouse's head is in the yeah. guillotine. <laughs> yeah, the mouse is. The we're mouse gonna is pull, cut. We're gonna play executioner. I, I think. I think Disney's gonna be fine either way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I. I don't know. I just. I think a lot of it is bad. This is just a very petty and selfish thing for me. I want to see that fucking mouse bleed. Hey, Liam. Then we wouldn't get Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm going to Disneyland in October. <laughs> Great. I I'm not mad at Di- I'm not mad at Disneyland. <laughs> I'm mad at Disney. I don't know, I think I'm mad at like, Marvel. Fuck. It's just like Disney tries to act like they're this wholesome, like uh, family-oriented and progressive company when they're not. They're like a they're a complete toxic waste dump dressed up as uh, dressed up as beauty. I think we're having two different conversations. Disneyland's a different place. <laughs> <laughs> Disneyland's the happiest place on earth. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. None of us work at Disney, so we really don't know what's going on there, and there's yeah. probably different environments in different departments, so we can't really say that all of Disney is a toxic wasteland. Do you think Disney's internet and like power system is run by like rat mice in little wheels underneath the building? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they, all, they all have the mouse ears on, man. You yeah, know, I mean, like this, honestly, like stuff like this, like it makes me not want to support seeing a third Guardians movie unless they unless I'm they honest, deal with this. Honestly, if if James Gunn isn't directing it, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing it in theaters. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's also Netflix, the fact sure. that James yeah. Gunn, outside of like Guardians, I mean, I don't agree, I don't like a lot of the influence he's had on it, but he has become like a major architect of Marvel. Yeah, like yeah. he had did a lot of uncredited work with the Guardians scenes. He directed in Infinity War. He directed every or not. He directed most of the Stan Lee cameos. Yeah, he directed pretty much all of them. Yeah. Oh. Um. He uh. But like he did a lot of doctoring. He pretty much wrote all the dialogue for the Guardians in Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, I think we've, we've fuck you, Disney. James Gunn. Hashtag rehire James Gunn. I'm a supporter <laughs> of that. All right. Fuck you, people. Grow up. This this made me very excited, so I feel like I need to take a break. <laughs> this is the first time we've ever taken a break in the middle of an episode, okay? I apologize, but I think we should time out on this, and yeah. then we'll come back. And after the break, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about uh, the Apes movies. back to the Thundercast. Uh, I mean, not like you were really gone for that long. You probably had a 30-second music interlude, but you know what? We're back. Um, and uh, so we're going to jump right into uh, the Apes movies. Um, this yeah. section is going to be a lot less anger-fueled than our James Gunn discussion. Yeah. So so Jane Goodall, I really like her documentary about... That's what we're talking about. Gorillas right? in the Mist, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're yeah, talking yeah. about Gorillas in the Mist, yeah. right? Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> was she, did she play Jane Goodall? I don't think that movie was actually about Jane Goodall, was it? I don't know. I haven't seen I've it. I've fucking seen it. Have you seen, um, ah, fuck. A Mighty, Mighty, Mighty Joe Young? No. Mighty Joe Young? My ah. girlfriend had a VHS copy of that movie, and it's one of the most awkward photo edit jobs I've ever seen on a cover. <laughs> have you seen that Clint Eastwood movie with the monkey? Let's just talk about other movies that have monkeys in them <laughs> that, that aren't. <laughs> Remember MVP, Most Valuable Primate? That was awesome. Remember Curious George? Mm. Will Ferrell. Yeah. He, he, he played the man in the yellow hat. <laughs> Jack Johnson did all the music for that movie. I like that flick. Okay, anyway, Planet of the Apes is Whoa, what we're getting at. Monkey bone. 
fuck off. Oh, God. Monkey what bone. The fuck? Monkey Bone's weird. not too bad. It's weird. It's not very good. <laughs> Is that a Bashki film? No, it's uh, Henry Selleck. Uh-huh. But so oh, okay. you could basically say it's a Bashki film. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, yeah. So Planet of the Apes. Um, let's start um, with the Charlton Heston mm-hmm. original film. That was 1973? 1968. Yep. 1968. 1968. Um, but, uh, you know, watching it as a child is a lot different. And when you watch it as an adult, you really appreciate it a lot more. Um, I like that movie a lot. Oh, it's I wouldn't say I necessarily good. love it. I do. Yeah? Mm. So, a... so what's so good about it, Lucas? Give, give, <laughs> give, us, your, give us your Lucas Gruneveld rundown. I mean, that's not your last name. <laughs> I said your last name earlier, too. That's true. Uh, it's really good. All right, so that is Planet of the Apes. I was going to ask, uh, how does no. the whole nuclear war commentary hold up now? I think this movie is still very, very relevant, mm-hmm. <laughs> like extremely relevant, uh, because the the main core, the core conflict of this movie is essentially uh, science versus religion. Yeah, like not not totally. Just it's, it just is, because uh, Charlton Heston's uh, his character K- Taylor, his existence threatens basically the the thread of ape society. Right. Just because, because he can talk, he's an intelligent man, and uh, a lot of. Their religion is based on how apes are supposed to dominate man and stuff like that, and how ape culture began twelve hundred years ago. And but then the whole conflict with the whole with the with Cornelius finding things that were thirteen hundred years ago, and then I I just watched the movie. Um, how yeah, does no, the, no, no! Uh, please keep going. I want I want to hear the rest of it. Who's the other guy with uh, Heston? It's Roddy McDowell, right? Or Roddy McDowell plays Cornelius in the first and the first and the second and third ones, and then right. he plays Caesar in four and five. Ah, all right. Yeah, Roddy McDowell McDowell was in all of them. He's barely in the second one. I think he has like a cameo, if I remember right. But he's still there. Uh, Anyway. Is that, he's not Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Oh, Dr. Zayas, yeah. Uh, (laughs) He's, no, no, I can't remember who plays Dr. Zayas, but um, yeah, he's the asshole orangutan. Yes. But I I just really find it, I don't know, I don't know where to start. There's a lot going on in Planet of the Apes. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good film. I think mm-hmm. it, I think it, like you said, its commentary is a lot more relevant now than I think it. Well, I guess it was just as relevant then. But yeah, then it especially kind, it was like, during the Cold War. Yeah, so that like was, right when the Cold War was really rising up yeah, in prominence, yeah, yeah. and it, nuclear missiles were on everyone's minds. It was only it was only a year or two after the Cuban ri- Missile Crisis, if I remember right. I believe so. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I believe so. And then and then apes kind of fell off the earth. You know, mm-hmm. fell off the well, it fell off the planet. Well, you had the, <laughs> starting in nineteen seventy, they released the movie every year. Yeah, but yeah, and, and that's a TV also show. yep. There's, there's two TV, TV shows. Yeah, there's an, an animated, animated one in live action. Yeah, an animated <laughs> one and a live action one. Um, apparently, uh, the animated one is tolerable. It's 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 a kids show. So yeah, I haven't what, I haven't seen either of the TV series. I, I saw an episode of the animated one just out of curiosity. Um, never seen the television show. Mm. Um, I think my uncle really likes it, but I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, after, after um, the last Apes movie came out, because I think the television series was in the middle of the run of movies. Yeah, I'm not, not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure. sure. 
Um, somebody fact check that for us and leave it in our Podbean comics. With, uh, <laughs> our comments. Uh, with each movie, I know it's also like a commentary on a different social issue of a time or political issue. Like uh, one I, of them. I think the second one is the second one is more about. Um, I haven't seen it, but I, I, to my understanding, the second one, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, yeah. is more about nuclear war than the it's, first it's one. It's just is. about nukes. Yeah, basically. Which is the one about racism? Because I know there's one that really gets into them. One of them. Uh, kind of all of them in a way. Uh, yeah, but, but I know like, there's one. I remember there being one that was really prominent with it and not very subtle about right, it. Right, because in one of them... Um, well, I mean, that's probably Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, where they go back in time and they go back that's to... The thir- that's the third one. That's Escape from the Planet of the Apes where uh, Zira and Cornelius and one other uh, nameless astronaut who gets murdered, like, very quickly. <laughs> spoiler. Uh, they, they, after Charlton Heston blows up the Earth... Spoiler. <laughs> in the second, at the end of the second one... Uh, they like somehow find his ship and like get it into a wormhole and like go back to Earth Charlton Heston's time and then they're there and then everyone's like, Oh cool, talking apes and it's like kind of a kind of a thing for a while. It's sort of a novelty and then people start getting really suspicious of them and then bad shit starts happening. They have a right. son who's who they named Milo, but then his name is changed to Caesar in the next one. Nice. <laughs> Continuity. <laughs> well it's because he it's because in the fourth one he is being taken care of by Ricardo Montalban, uh, who is a circus owner, and he names him Caesar because he like, because uh, he's also in the third one, but like it's there's a lot. Sorry, so the, the fourth one takes place. It's in modern day. Yeah, in like the seventies. Right. Who'd you say that actor was? Ricardo Ricardo Montalban. Con. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he renames him Caesar because uh, the rest of the world knows that their baby was named Milo, but like Zero did a whole switch at the end where she stole primitive gorilla and had him shot instead oops sorry that's my bad and it, yeah that he gets dark but anyway <laughs> i love kind of all of these movies <laughs> yeah i still need to go back and rewatch uh the rest of them because I've, I've seen i've seen planet of the apes mm-hmm. i've seen rise dawn and war yeah and then like, i've seen bits and pieces of the um of the uh let's not talk about it one i, I got I a half do... hour into the tim burton movie and then I do think that one is a little important to talk about as, like, so when you get to Rise, like, I had no interest in seeing it when I heard about it, and a lot of that is because of a Burton one came out and left such a bad taste right? in my mouth. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, a lot of it is, like, as good as that movie looks with, like, the makeup and all of that, um, it completely neglects all the uh, social commentary and, like, really interesting ideas of the original. It's like, oh, we're doing a reimagining war. Do, do, yeah. do you want to know where that movie lost me? Where? The humans could talk. <laughs> right away, immediately. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just like, no, fuck this. Not movie. even, not even. Get your stinking paws off me! Because that, that, that was dirty like, human. That was like a major thread in the original movie, and that created like most of the conflict in the movie. Right. And then Turnbird's like, no, no, they can talk. It's fine. Uh, I'm like, what? Does uh, so the the woman that hangs out with Charlton Heston throughout the the film? What's Nova. his character's name? Taylor. Taylor. So with, with Taylor and Nova, mm-hmm. um, she doesn't talk ever. No, she can't talk. Humans in Planet of the Apes, except for the ones who came from way before can't talk right they're primitive beasts they have no speech capabilities and that's 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 and he and he doesn't like i thought he might have taught them to speak no oh okay he just it there's some parts of the movie that haven't aged well zira gives nova to charlton heston and he just kind of has her for the rest of the movie here is your slave Um, (laughs) and like she, she like she's like 
They call him Bright Eyes because he has blue eyes. Yes. And which is then it's referenced in nice. Bright Eyes. Uh, and she's like, Bright Eyes, I have a present for you. And then she pushes Nova into the cage and locks it. And then she like makes eyes at him like, you're going to do it. You're going to fuck uh, this there woman. Was, <laughs> there was one really positive thing, at least for me, that, that the burnt one has, which is a batshit insane performance from Tim Roth as Fade. Mm. Oh, Just, totally. Yeah. <laughs> it also has one of the most awkward kisses ever put on film. Yep. Yeah, so does the original. Yeah, but... Because he just goes up to his ears like, Doctor, I'd like to kiss you goodbye. And she's like, okay, but you're so damned ugly. <laughs> and then, then he, like, kisses her He's Charlton Heston. Fuck you. <laughs> although although that guy, is, like, went on to be c- quite the man. Yep, head of the NRA. Head of the NRA. And, uh, <laughs> and professional douchebag. Yeah. I love how Charlton Heston just is sort of a deeply conservative figure, but then he starred in Planet of the Apes, which is... Sort of a, an attack on religion. Yeah, yeah. And he was also in Ben Hur, where his character was gay, but he didn't know it. Um, I remember. Uh, <laughs> What's with, this uh, gay shit? Remember, <laughs> uh, remember when the ex? That was got- my in- that was my impression of Charlton Heston yeah. reading the script. Okay, I just want to make that clear. He, <laughs> didn't, even, he didn't even know it was, was years later that he found out. Uh, really? Remember <laughs> when, um, he uh, thought they were really, really good friends. Uh, on the subject of, uh, like, because he was in uh, The Ten Commandments. Yeah. And I remember when Ridley Scott's version, Exodus, Gods and Kings, were coming out, was coming out. Is and that supposed about, to be the Ten Commandments? Yeah, and they were talking about... Uh, sort of. And they were talking about, like, the whole whitewashing and stuff. Where, and I was like, oh, that didn't initially bother me, because the original had Charlton Heston. You don't really get much more American <laughs> than that. And yeah. Prince of Egypt cast Val Kilmer. As so. God and, and, and Jesus Moses. or Moses, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so um, so we have fuck we have Charlton Heston. I mean, <laughs> every okay. episode we're like, fuck this one person in particular. You know, we're gonna we're gonna actually uh, eventually I'm gonna cut together a, a clip show which is just gonna be on our YouTube channel, Thunder Lizard Collective on YouTube, um, <laughs> uh, which is just gonna be a a, a collective, a collage <laughs> of every time we've ever said fuck somebody, and this yeah. is gonna be fuck Thunder Lizard. Um, anyway, Fuck, uh, a Thunder Lizard special. So we've had we've, we've, we had the first five Apes movies, animated series, the the movie. Then the Apes fell off the planet. Mm-hmm. Fell off the planet. Like, there the was talk I've about told how, but I felt like I didn't. Yeah. There it. was talk about how uh, Burton was going to do a sequel, but then he said something like he'd much rather jump out a jump out a window than do another one. Yeah. Mm. And then yeah, and then uh, Burton's came comes out in two thousand one, and then they're kind of like maybe we should leave this alone for a while, and then Rise comes up which mm-hmm. as i was saying earlier a film i had when i heard about it, i had no interest in seeing it whatsoever one it was done by a director i had never heard of or didn't really have any and credibility. who has who's made maybe four movies um he, he uh, two of which beforehand were pretty okay then he made apes hasn't made anything since no he's made one other movie yeah well he's, uh, i think he's currently working on one i was looking at it last night beside the point what's the guy's uh, name rupert wyatt rupert wyatt yes mm-hmm. he um, actually was attached to developing that gambit movie for a while but he quit just because he said he couldn't handle fox yeah mm. um and anyway so we'll let we'll rise so mm-hmm. i rewatched rise last night so did i it is so good it is very good honestly like i think everybody is trying to do their very best. Mm-hmm. Even Franco. Yeah. Like James Franco is really... Franco's giving us all. He's really acting. Well, the interesting thing with that movie is Franco wasn't originally supposed to be in it. It was... They originally went to Tobey Maguire. Really? But he couldn't... He couldn't, mm. he couldn't do it due to scheduling stuff. So he's like, I recommend James Franco. He's a good friend of mine. We worked on these movies together. And thank God they did that because I am not the biggest fan of Tobey the Mannequin Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> mannequin. No. But yeah, Franco's really good in that movie. He is. He also, is. Lithgow is yeah, really Lith- good. I was yeah. going to say, Lithgow's how good very John good. Lithgow? Yeah, Lithgow mm-hmm. is really good in that movie. He, he, I love just, there's that scene where 
um, he walks where his Alzheimer's comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, the premise of the film is that James Franco is a doctor, a uh, scientist, the dude, who is developing a cure for Alzheimer's. And they are testing the cure on apes. And primates. And, and primates. Other. So um, the main ape, Caesar, his mother is, is named Bright Eyes. And she receives the first treatment. It kind of um, spirals out on him, on her. But most of that is be, uh, is because she has Caesar. Mm-hmm. She has uh, her son, um, and she's very protective over him. And uh, as a result, she gets she kind of goes haywire and goes and bursts through the meeting where Franco is going to announce that he's cured Alzheimer's. Then he's, he's pitching it to the executives so, to they'll, so, they'll, which, so they'll approve the next step. Which yes. I'll talk process. a little bit about later. So anyway, so he um, – uh, what's that guy's name? Tyler – Something he's in uh, Tucker and Dale. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Anyway, yeah. he uh, he gives Caesar to um, Franco. Obviously, can't remember the character's name. <laughs> Will. Will. Yes, he gives he gives Caesar to Will, and Will takes Caesar home. Um, to you, you find out that John Lithgow, who is uh, his dad, uh, Will's dad, um, is suffering from Alzheimer's. A very, a very aggressive um, Alzheimer's. Yeah, to a point where, like, he'll be running around the house looking for his keys when he hasn't driven in, like, ten years. Or... And then he, uh, uh, Will, brings the cure home and gives it to um, his dad. It cures his Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And at the like same... overnight. Yeah, overnight. Yeah. And, and at fruit. the same time, they have Caesar in the house. Yeah, That's right. the setup for the film. That's the beginning of, of the film. Mm-hmm. And then from there on, you just have Will raising Caesar. And There's, trying to be essentially a father to, uh, was it Tuvis, Tuvis Ape? And uh, also, like, falling into a relationship and caring for his dad. Yeah, and he, and he, and Caesar becomes incredibly intelligent very quickly. Yeah. There's that, I was telling Lucas before you got here, Liam, before we recorded the podcast, there's a scene at the very beginning of the film which looks a little funny um, just because, what year was it, 2011? Yeah. Um. Which looks a little funny in terms of the CGI and that sort of stuff, but it's the first, like you were telling me, it's the first time they'd used the technology like that since Avatar, which yeah, was 2008? Nine. Uh, so they were, both, after Avatar came out, everybody wanted that, uh, to use that technology, and they, the were both, yeah. and they were the first person to get like that new form of motion capture technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scene is Caesar in the Redwoods for the first time, and he's climbing up the tree. And at the, at the same time, the camera's moving around the tree, and the seasons are changing. And you're seeing Caesar grow up, mm-hmm. and he gets to the very top of the tree, and it's five years later. Yeah. yeah and Caesar is, it's, it's, oh, it's great. It's really fun so to watch. And, and he and Caesar is fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah. And then they have that bit after that where they're walking him through the woods, and he yells at the dog. And then he mm-hmm. has the collar around his neck. And then they get to the car, and Caesar, I love it. Caesar refuses to get into the trunk. Yeah. And he yeah. goes and walks over to the, the passenger's door, opens it up, and climbs in. And I was like, yeah. And then he what, signs yeah. to Will. He says, he's like, pet. He says, like, am I a pet? And then Will says, no, you're not a pet. And Caesar's like, well, what am I? Yeah. And then they take him. I'm no, not going to explain the yeah, whole yeah, fucking plot of the yeah, movie. Caesar kind of goes through this existential crisis of sorts, being like, yeah. what am I like? That's his arc of the movie, is finding out who he is, where he belongs. And the, a, a little funny anecdote about uh, that particular scene is I recommended these movies to my sister. And she watched up until that scene where Caesar realizes he's a pet, and she couldn't handle it. <laughs> really? No, she, she like just 
could not handle that scene. It was like way too emotionally affecting for her. Wow. So she turned it off, didn't watch Dawn, and then but she went to see War with me. So, <laughs> so she skipped Dawn. Yeah. So I'll, I mean, you can kind of watch those movies independently you, you of can, each other. But but like I'll, she'd seen like. A third of Rise, and then went to see Dawn. So it's like, okay, so some things changed. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me yeah. about it. Well, uh, one thing I was gonna say about Rise is, or one thing I was gonna ask you is like, so the screenplay is very strong, mm-hmm. um, but performances are all outstanding. The direct Cir- circus is just fucking yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does that man not have an Oscar? Yeah, I've I don't always know. talked about how like Circus is a guy who's like uh, he recently he got nominated for that though. I don't think he got nominated. I'm pretty sure he did because no, he, I he got nominated at like a Golden Globe thing or something. Because uh, I think it was the first time anybody had been nominated for. Uh, I'm not sure if it was an Oscar or what. I'm gonna look it up right yeah, now. I don't think it was an Oscar. Yeah, because, um, but yeah, it was the first I, time anybody had been nominated for a mocap performance. All three of these movies have accumulated two Oscar nominations. Are you fucking kidding me? Dawn and War nominated for best visual effects, and that is it. That is horseshit. Yeah. That I is, agree. Fuck you, Academy um, Awards, like, even we'll though get, I love watching your show. I mean, we'll get to Dawn in a bit, because I have a lot to say about that one. Mm-hmm. But one thing I was going to ask is, do you have any negatives about uh, Rise after especially just seeing it? Because all my thoughts Not are pretty much really. the same. As, I um, mean, like, for me, Rise feels like an exceptional average movie. Yeah. If, if it that makes sense. It's a yeah. good movie on the very high end of good. Because, I well, I just think it, like, plot-wise, story-wise, structure-wise, it's not anything... Rise was also we nominated have... for Best Visual Effects. Okay, so three. Okay. But uh, to me, Rise just feels like a very average movie, but done very well, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, um, as I was saying, it's on the higher end of good. I don't know if we're saying the same thing. The but, first okay. time I'd seen it, I would say that. Mm-hmm. After seeing it again last night, um, I have a much different opinion on it. Okay. Because, because I... Uh, I fucking love Dawn. <laughs> yeah, me too. We have had this conversation a number of times. I, th- I think this and Bo Burnham's What are like how we became friends. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, um, and like Dawn, in my opinion, is holy shit. That's uh, that's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, I, yeah. I, I can watch that movie endlessly, and I still have a really good time. I think I kind of disagree with you saying that it's an average movie done good because it for its time, if you look at it through that kind of that kind of lens, it's very impressive. Oh, no, Especially is. as a as a reboot uh, slash remake kind of 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 a very dated film that had yeah. already been unsuccessfully rebooted. Yeah, well, well, it is a loose reboot of a, Conquest, a real first yes. time, a major, a first time major director. Yeah, and 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 the performances are really solid. I think what makes it not work is the fact that it is a reboot, that it is a or that it is a, a sequel. Uh, yeah, I I've always said that I felt. I feel like Rise is kind of like a dress rehearsal for like the next really big one. <laughs> yeah, and then they fucking yeah. It's it's like it's like you have you got, I like baseball. You got you got a uh, you got a, a batter up at uh, up at the plate, and he swings once and misses, and then that was Tim Burton's Batman or Tim Burton's uh, Batman. That was Tim Burton's uh, <laughs> Apes, and then Rise is when he just clips it and gets a, a ball, and you know. He's I'd sti- say at least a double. No, 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 no. no. He gets a ball, right? Because he had he hasn't hit it out of the park yet. And then um, uh, Dawn is a fucking full like uh, home triple. Run. It's a tr- like it's yeah. a full home run. You get everybody in, you score four runs, done. Yeah. Right? Um, one You're already ahead in the game. Is that called a grand slam? That's a grand slam. Uh, you better believe it. The uh, the thing I find weakest in Rise is that the human antagonists. Are very two dimensional, mm-hmm. like uh, 
Like I mean, well, and Tom Tom Felton is is very weak. I mean, in that movie. It, he is honestly the worst part of that movie. And it hurts because I really, I've always really liked Tom Felton. I've even met the guy personally. I feel like out of Harry Potter, he's the, uh, I was it, he's the actor who kind of grew up the most. Yeah. And like, uh, it, really it is matured. sad that that's the movie that he was supposed to spread his wings with, and he gets both of the Charlton Heston line, or yeah. no, both not both Heston lines. He gets both of the apes lines because he says it's a madhouse, yeah, which is a Charlton Heston line. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then he also says, "Get your damn hands off me, you yeah. damn Get your filthy paws off me, you fil- damn dirty, you damn um, dirty." Which I actually up. think the use of that line was brilliant. Well, yeah. There's another. Like, well, hold on a sec. His, deli- talk about his that delivery is not very good, but it's, the use of it. He did the best he could. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's no Charlton Heston. It's an it's an awkward line, uh, but Charlton Heston did it well. Um, but I think the way they used that line was brilliant because what follows is such an intense, heavy, significant moment that they kind of like because uh, that's right before you up. the yeah. 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 yeah yeah they kind of loosen you up. They're like, oh, that was like he says, "Get your filthy paws off me, you damn dirty ape!" And you kind of loosen them. You're like, aha, that was cheese. That was stupid. And, no, <laughs> yeah, sorry. And then no, it's I like, was very loud in my yeah, ears. And and then, like, but yeah, but then like, yeah, when 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 Caesar when Caesar it's like, oh shit. Yeah, when Caesar looks at him and just goes, no. You're like, huh, fuck. Yeah, um, <laughs> he can yeah. fucking talk. But, yeah. Even I was gonna say, but I'm the whole uh, antagonist thing. Even the company guy who Franco's working for, he has that one line that's just so two-dimensional movie villain that Jessica Cruiser it's like, you, uh, it's like, uh, you, uh, it says something like, you make the cure, I make money or something. Yeah, like, something that's like so, that. But that, it's I like, I don't just, know why you have such a problem with that because there are real people like that. Yeah. Like, literally real human beings that are exactly like I th- that. I think what Liam, Liam, do- and please, I'm not trying to speak for you, but, but I think what Liam doesn't like is that in a movie, you're kind of supposed to not mimic reality too much no it's not bad it's more so that like it's that everything else is so good but lines like that are just so on the nose and it's i don't know to me that's just reality yeah people are on the nose sometimes no (laughs) i mean like because i mean like i like it when things get like more human and more realistic and whatnot maybe it's not human realistic because that happens but i mean i mean i I can kind of see where he's coming from is is that in 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 rise specifically um the three villains i'm using air quotes right now because it's it's Tom Felton, Brian Cox, and then uh, the guy who owns uh, the place that Will well, works. Even for. Brian Cox, mm-hmm. Brian Cox is one who I think is most realistic because he has just he's just a guy with an idiot son. Yes. Anyway, uh, that's uh, is that his son? Yeah, uh, uh, Tom Felton's son. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know yeah. that. I, I would, <laughs> in that the was movie, not, not ma- made very clear to me. Yeah. I don't. I guess I'm uh, a fucking it's, idiot. It's just one little thing where he's just like, "Oh, sorry, Dad," and that's how you know. Oh, weird. Anyway, I think. They should kind of have a little bit more of a reasoning for why they're so mean to the apes, but at the same time, people who are animal abusers are just fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, and and they don't really need a reason, right? They're just scumbags. So I, I'm playing the devil's advocate here because I'm a, I'm literally right in the middle of you two, so I'm playing both of you. <laughs> um, but okay, but I'm gonna go back to what is good about uh, Rise, and and some of the best moments in Rise are you. It's called that for a reason. Mm-hmm. You quite literally see the rise of the planet of the apes, Even which is I such say, a great name. Even I, I love when it. you see it on screen. <laughs> yeah, I know. I still say the dawn comes before the rise, but... <laughs> well, yes, but anyway. Well, technically, the sun is always rising. So. Ooh, good point. Uh, Ooh, he got you there, you fucker. Um, <laughs> I, um, I was going to say, uh, if you want to hear like my thing of like the human uh, 
antagonist oh, thing. Oh, I, right? I don't. Get I don't. to dawn. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, we'll get to dawn. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, um, no, I don't want to get to dawn quite yet because I'm not done talking about Rise. Um, but you know when the the scene on the the bridge. The scene mm-hmm. on the bridge mm-hmm. is so cool. It is. Uh, um, I love how the smoke is rising and, and the apes are coming through the smoke. Um, the one bit I'm not a big fan of in that scene is the silverback jumping on the uh, helicopter. Oh, okay. I, I feel like it's just a waste of a character. Like, mm-hmm. he, he could have been fucking kick-ass. Yeah, Buck. <laughs> yeah, Buck. Is yeah. that his name? Yeah. Oh, cool. I, don't, I guess I don't pay attention to the fucking <laughs> apes' names. I'm just like, the, the fucking monkey. Um, but uh, I thought he could have been so killer. In mm-hmm. quite literally in yeah. Dawn, I think his character could have yeah, been they really. They replaced him with Luca. Uh, yes, yes, um, but I think he could have you know carried on very well. Um, and then I, I love that bit at the end where Will and Caesar are hugging, and then Caesar speaks to Will, mm-hmm. and the look on his face—he's just like, "Holy shit, you can talk." What, what did he? Say? He said Caesar home was it? Caesar yeah, like, is home. No, he says Caesar home. No, Caesar. Caesar is. And then he's like, Caesar <laughs> is home. <laughs> he's like, Caesar is home. And then he fucks off. Yeah. And um, the apes climb the trees and look at San Francisco, and it's just like, bum, 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 bum. And I did like, kind of giggle thinking, like, what if uh, what he said, uh, come home with me, Caesar, he says, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we had to wait four years. Four. Well, 2014. Sorry, three so years. Three. Yeah. Three years. And I was anticipating Dawn for, for those three mm-hmm. years. See, I had not seen Rise until, like, I, I, had, I did not give a shit about Planet of the Apes until I, I read some reviews for Dawn and it sounded really intriguing. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a weekend. I'm going to watch all of the Apes movies. Were we in school? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were. Um, and then I just sat down on one weekend. I watched all five of the originals. I watched a half hour of the Tim Burton ones. It fucked that. And then I watched <laughs> Rise. Uh, yeah. All in one day. <laughs> I remember when you brought, when you had those, uh, when you bought that legacy collection. I got it for, I got it for Christmas, I think. Yeah, and you let me borrow it, and I watched Planet of the Apes, and then I gave it back to you. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need to go buy this on my own, and yeah. then I went and bought yeah. it myself. One thing that I feel like really showcases my rise, uh, why, why I got really excited for uh, Dawn is because like they announced at one point Rupert Wyatt is not coming back. Uh, just and they dude, brought on fucking Matt Reeves, who is Matt one of my Reeves. who is one of my favorite working directors right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's killer. He's so good. He he directed Cloverfield as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he also did mm-hmm. uh, uh, the American version of uh, Let the Right One In, which right. I really like. Oh, I did not. Have you seen Let the Right One In? No. It's really good. Okay. We should watch it, but yeah. anyway, beside the point. Um, yeah, Dawn. Because did we see it together? No. No. You saw it on a work shift one day. Yeah, I yeah, saw it. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Because, mm-hmm. no, actually, you know how I had said I was stoked to see it? That's not entirely true. I was like, because I, I had a work shift, and I was like, oh, I don't want to see this fucking monkey movie. Because <laughs> at the time, I had seen Rise, and I was like, yeah, because at, at the time, I was like, yeah, it's okay. And you were and like, then, I am an artiste. I want to see more prestigious autos films. That's, yeah, because I was in film school. And then, <laughs> and then I went to go see it on a work shift, and I came back. We were having a, a sleepover at work, and I come back to work, and Liam's here, and I look at Liam, and I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> like, that movie yeah. fucked me up. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think um, we were starting our second year of film school, yeah. and then they were, they were like, welcome back to film school. Or what, what did you see? What did you see over the summer? And I was like, I saw Don of the Planet of the Apes, and it was fucking awesome. Then after class, you came up and it's like, you like Don? I'm like, yeah. And I was like, I like Don. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's basically how we became friends. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. And then we were, we're both like, 
Yeah, maybe God doesn't believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense if you know Bo Burnham. Um, but what, no, uh, Dawn of um, the Planet of the Apes is... I'm like literally one of my favorite movies yeah, of all time. So, yeah. like, well, um, what I yes, was going to say with too. the whole dress rehearsal comment about Rise is that I say Rise is a good movie. Dawn is a great movie. Dawn yeah. is a great movie. It's amazing. I, I honestly can't find a lot of flaws in it. No. There's, there's a couple of like mo- like motive things that I'm 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 a little apprehensive about. But then when you really break them down, everything makes perfect fucking sense. Yeah. Like there's Gary Gary on. Oldman is also in that fucking movie. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what's funny? And Last Gary night Oldman I was going to is... tell you guys. I was going to text you after. I had watched Rise. I was like, let's not do apes because I, I didn't think I was going to be able to watch them all. I haven't watched them all again yet. But um, I was going to text you guys and be like, let's just do an episode on Gary Oldman. Which would have been Gary awesome. Oldman has one of my favorite scenes of a movie where like the power comes back on mm. like, and he sees those pictures on his on the iPad of like him and his family and he just bursts into tears. Yeah, yeah and Gary Oldman so just is... So fucking good. Yeah, he's my favorite actor, and I'm pretty sure he's your favorite actor. He's, also. he's up there, yeah. Um, but like, there's the fact that like when he does what he does in the end, um, to be honest, if it's I were in justified. his if I were in his shoes, I I think I probably would have made the same decision. Yeah, it is he made. fully from, justified from his perspective. The apes fucking attacked him for no reason. Yeah. yeah, of course he's gonna blow them the fuck up. Yeah, why would he not? <laughs> and I love how uh, like Jason Clark, um, it, what's his character's name? Malcolm. 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 Why did I forget that? Because for a long time, I would never call him Jason Clark. I would call him Malcolm. Yeah. Um, but now I'm at a point where I call him Jason Clark. <laughs> but Malcolm is it where he goes and finally decides to say, fuck it, I'm going to go talk to Caesar. Yeah. And then he goes and he walks up to the to the gates and he's just like, I'm here to talk to Caesar. Which I th- actually, that's in the trailer. Yeah. It's in the trailer, not that's the movie. That's not in the movie. Yeah. But he basically walks up and they they know. <laughs> They're like, you want to yeah. fucking talk to Caesar. <laughs> and he's just like wearing his yellow coat. And he's like, Yes, please. I know. I think <laughs> Let part, me in. part of why I love Dawn so much is because it encourages the whole one of my personal beliefs, which is again, there's, I was there aren't really good guys and bad guys in that movie. There's just people. Koba's with a agenda. bad guy. Co- yeah, yeah but I mean, Koba. Yeah, Koba becomes a bad guy, but in the beginning, it's kind of like he's kind of just living peacefully with uh, his eight brothers, and then yeah. some guy shows up and shoots one of his own. Well, because because Caesar is kind of a like he's like a forget the humans. We can live on our own. If yeah. they come to us, then we will handle it diplomatically. Mm-hmm. Koba is just like human, like yeah. yeah, but even he, before that, and he fucking hates the yeah. humans, and well, he will yeah. go out of his way to take them oh. out. And even before Badge, Koba's shown as being like a hero to the tribe, where he's like he saved Caesar from a bear. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I think the the one of this move, one of the things this movie does really well is it displays the differences between prejudice and bigotry. Right. Caesar is prejudiced. Koba is a bigot. Yes. Koba is so fucking terrified of humans that it overrides everything. Yeah, Would a you radicalist. say it's the same thing for Malcolm and Gary Oldman's character? What's his name? Dreyfus. Dreyfus. So Malcolm and Dreyfus? Um, I'd say there's there's parallels, but I don't think... I don't Dre- think they're direct parallels. Yeah. No, Dre- I don't think Dreyfus uh, fears apes the way Koba fears humans. Totally not. No. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, Dreyfus sees them as, sees them as, as the animals. Yeah, as, animals. As opposition. As animals, yeah. And it's yeah. like, we, and he's also like Kobo, where it's like, we work so hard to establish this, and then we have this other unknown threat coming towards us. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's perfectly reasonable to be at odds for those mm-hmm. two cultures at that time, because they don't, obviously, they don't trust each other. Like, apes don't trust yeah. humans, because of everything that happened. All- apes, like, simian flu wiped out our, our civilization, so fuck you apes, even though it simulated flu had nothing to do with them, but still. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, it, ever, it had everything to do with yeah, Tucker and Dale. <laughs> I still Tucker think that the only person in that movie who isn't a person 
is uh, the guy who's just like shoot this, shoot that. Oh Carver. yeah, yeah, yeah. Carver. Yeah. Carver. I don't know. He's. I, don't, I think I'd say Carver's the bigot. Yeah, he's. Yeah. As opposed I, th- to I think he's just scared. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's what bigotry is. Bigotry is fear. Fear really? that leading to anger and hatred. Okay. I, I was just kind of th- thought of bigotry as like extreme ignorance. But it is, but like it's fear is one of the most powerful emotions that humans experience. Right. And because fear just it, it leads to other emotions, it creates other emotions, and it just overrides people. They they just go on pure self uh, self interest, self protection, and all that just because of fear. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Anyway, um, uh, yeah, so Carver kind of, like, represents, I guess, the, the bigotry of the film, yeah. uh, at least for the human perspective, because he is, like you said, he's, or, and we both said, he's terrified. And, and, and he uses that, that fear to motivate his, his vengeance towards the apes. Yeah, I mean, he never, he never really goes for vengeance. He's just always... Anytime he sees him, he pulls the trigger. Not, necess- not necessarily. I mean, he, he sees uh, Blue Eyes and Ash. And he doesn't pull the trigger right away. He's right. like, it's it's only when Blue Eyes moves forward that he pulls the trigger. Right. And also, he's fearful that, for that's the life. only shot he fires in the movie. Um, and Koba kills him, doesn't he? Yeah, Koba yeah. kills him. But like, he brings a gun when when Caesar said no guns. Yeah, and it was uh, Cornelius who just finds it in his bag, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that bit where Koba walks in and he's pretending to be a stupid monkey. Yeah, I love it. And then he just stands up with a gun and he's like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I, good. Uh, I was going to say, Carver is probably the most two-dimensional character in the movie. Yeah. However, he even has that line where it's like, yeah, we, where I think it's writers like, yeah, we know he's not much, where he's just like, I'm the asshole. Yeah, because <laughs> they tell him to shut the fuck up because he is, he's looking at Carrie Russell's character, who's a name I can't remember, um, is, and he's just like, didn't you have a little girl? Didn't you die? And everyone's like, no, shut the fuck up, man. And he's like, oh, I get it. I'm the asshole. It's like, yeah, you're being a fucking yeah. prick. <laughs> but like, the thing is, again, I have met people who act and think the exact same way. Not about apes. No. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've met similar Joes in my lifetime. Yeah, well, like that's that is a realistic portrayal of a type of person, and um, probably a lot of different types of people, including probably most of us in certain situations. Yeah, I am. I think the biggest thing I was gonna say I could praise Dawn for is the fact that it's a movie where you have. A uh, ape on horseback, dual wielding machine guns, and fighting a tank. <laughs> oh, but it's an still ape like, on a tank. But yeah. it's still, but it's still like super thought provoking, thought provoking with a lot of pathos and like mm-hmm. so much emotion and character development and resonance. But I'm like, that should be impossible. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially with yeah with apes. Yeah. But the, right. and even even Koba dual wielding machine guns on horseback serves a purpose in the story. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. rallying the apes. He's yeah. trying to get them back to fight, and he has to do something. It's also not the first time you see an ape on a horse. It, it oh, happens in Rise. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Yeah. It happens in Rise when they're riding down. And, and yeah. They see, and I think Caesar has the yeah. Caesar's yeah. got a gun and he's riding on. And a and also horse. early in Dawn, they're riding horses around. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. And it also came out in a time when, like, most big spectacle action scenes were looking, like, uh, very hard to follow and, like, uh, oh, like kind of overproduced and overshot. But the way Matt Reeves shoots it, it's, like, it's all laid out. You can clearly see everything. Mm-hmm. And he even gets creative with shots, like that one on the tank where it's, like, moving around and you oh, yeah. see everything. so cool. I, I, apparently that specific shot uh, had several, like, I think it said 150 different versions of it. Really? Like, just doing special effects. Apparently, it took them, like, six months to get it right. Wow. Well, I believe just it, that, Just that 30-second shot. Well, that shot in the movie, too, is is when you see it, you're kind of, like, baffled. Yeah. 
what was also when uh, Malcolm's running through the house trying to get medicine for Caesar, mm-hmm. and like apes mm-hmm. are coming through every corner, it's tracking him along. Oh, so and, like, cool. Mm-hmm. Like outside of the fact that it's such a coolly shot scene, he looks genuinely terrified. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a great cool. performance. Yeah, yeah that's I a think... lot of thing. That's something I think a lot of movies are kind of missing. Like when crazy shit like that is going on, people don't really look scared or phased. But he looks legitimately horrified. I love yeah. I love how empathetic Caesar is. Yeah. Like, because in, in Rise, he lets Will go. Mm-hmm. He's just like, you should probably get out of here because <laughs> we're going to rise. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of does the same thing. At how, the also, I love how at the end of the movie, they literally rise up into the trees. That's really <laughs> funny. Never realized that. Um, but in Dawn, um, he says to Malcolm, he's like, you should probably get out of here. Yeah. Like, like, it's not, nothing's going to go good for you yeah. right now. Like, I, I can't protect you. None of us will protect you. You should probably get out of town. Yeah, it's right? a bad thing for you it to also, be here. It also helps that Malcolm's a pretty sympathetic character as well. He's just he a is. guy trying to protect his son. Yeah. Um, and even, again, even Gary Oldman is just, he's like, he's essentially the mayor of his town. He's like, I have to protect these people. Yeah. Um, and, and from, again, from his perspective, the apes just attacked for no and, reason. And yeah, even Malcolm's much. son, uh, what's his name again? Alexander. Yeah, so even that scene where he's just sitting there with, with uh, Maurice, Maurice yeah. and we're just, oh, man, yeah, like just scene. little touches like that are just like, <sighs> I love Maurice. Yeah. Maurice oh, me is too. one of my favorites. Oh. I, I just have a quick little fun little story. Again, another sibling apes yes, story. Yes, yes. Um, I watched apes. Or I watched Dawn with my brother. Well, I went home for Christmas after I'd seen it, and I'm like, you have to watch this movie, bro. It's great. And then we watch it, and immediately he's transfixed. It, it was, you know, you know when you show someone a movie and it becomes their favorite movie, and mm-hmm. it's like the best feeling? It was like that. But then uh, in the scene where the bear attacks and Cobra runs up and spears at the back, my brother was like, oh, man, this is great. I love Koba. Koba's my favorite character. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're in for a roller coaster there, bud. <laughs> um, yeah. I was also... Because, I, mean, I, I, I mean, that dynamic between uh, Caesar and Koba is is so in, enticing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, so in, in, like, in exciting to watch and, like, the development over over, over time mm-hmm. from, from Rise. Although in Rise, you can kind of see they Tension. are not going to like each other eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in Dawn... Like Koba being the the guy who is who is trying to radicalize the apes, mm-hmm. and Caesar's just like, no, we have to be tactical and thoughtful about this. Yeah, and see, and Koba's just like, fuck that. Yeah, apes yeah. go. And the thing is, Caesar doesn't necessarily disagree with Koba on the fact that the humans are a threat or bad or no. Lower it's just the way apes. in which they go about it. Yeah, which is which is so like Caesar doesn't want apes. Like he he doesn't really he de- he never expresses uh, concern about the humans. He's just like we need to protect us. We need to protect the apes. Yeah, he's yeah. Is- he's isolate isolationalist. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, isolationalist. Um, I was gonna say uh, on the subject of Maurice because you guys brought him up. Every frame that ape is in scene, he looks real. No, he looks fantastic. Oh, like the yeah. weight there, like because with uh, as re- great as Caesar looks, like when they do a lot of close-ups on his face, you have to kind of adjust to it a little bit. He also yeah. kind of looks like Andy Serkis. Yeah, because he's a lot more, uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, because he has a lot more of the expressions and whatnot. Yeah. Well, uh, with Maurice, like, I think it's just the way he moves and carries himself. Yeah. Like, he looks real in and every also, frame. And also, he's played by a, he's played by a very small woman. <laughs> Maurice is? Yeah. Who is, what? I can't remember her name, but uh-huh. she's, she's not large. <laughs> She's yeah. like a very small woman. Let me look this up. You guys, you guys keep talking about <laughs> um, monkeys. But yeah, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh man, I just, yep. I, just I think I just it was it so much. Like I remember it being my second favorite film of 2014, mm. right behind Nightcrawler. Oh, Nightcrawler's great too. Um, but uh, like, yeah, Dawn. Dawn is is and also the poster is just so good. It I'm, is. I'm, I'm showing you right now. Yeah. 
It's really fun. Yeah, I mean, it also just continues to prove my point, which is that, like, you don't need to make an a-, a summer blockbuster film with, like, quips every two seconds or, like, ridiculous, like, CGI explosions and whatnot. You can make a genuine story with a lot of, like, thought-provoking ideas that yeah, treats its audience always... like adults. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree that I love those kinds of movies, but I also really love dumb shit. Yeah, but so we all want them both. But we've also got, uh, but we the, get these like so few and far between now. The the woman who played uh, Maurice is, is her name's Karen Conaval. There you go. Or Canavel or whatever. Yeah. Uh, apparently, she's only known for the Apes movies. Yeah. She was also in Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. Oh, she she also had a live action role in Rise, I believe. If this is the same person. In Rise. Yeah, she played Maurice yeah, in Rise as well. And she's the court oh, clerk. Oh no! Yeah, court clerk. There you uh, go. The other thing with uh with. Uh, Dawn is that they employed like actual actors, and in Rise or in uh, War also they implied employed actual actors to do these mocap performances. Like Toby Kebbell is a legitimate actor. Well, he, yeah. he started out as a stunt performer. Yeah, and really? like uh, yeah. Uh, he even recently did the motion capture and played a main role in Kong Skull Island. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. One thing that I really admire Dawn for is that it gets you to root against the action-packed finale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see that happen. No, you're like, oh, they're going to have peace, they're going to have peace. Oh, fucking Koba. <laughs> yeah. Koba. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, oh, a uh, little fun fact. Um, you know the whole fight between Caesar and Koba at the end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is entirely CGI. The whole well, thing. The entire on, thing. Yeah. Like, I'm, obviously, the movements and everything are... the. Actors yes. Doing yeah, like performing, whatnot, but the, recording them in a different room, and uh, yeah, they did the, that. They did that all on like a green screen soundstage. That's unbelievable. Like right? the entire, like whenever they're on the top of the tower. That's nuts. Yeah, I, you, that, well, because that's one thing that great transition. War did. War was pretty much all on location. Yeah, like they did all the mocap in. Um, was it shot in Vancouver? Can't um, I, yeah, I can't it was remember. shot in. Nor- it was shot. In the Whistler area, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, and most of the stuff that they shot uh, on location is, well, for that movie, is on location. Mm -hmm. Which is quite unbelievable that in that short amount of time that mocap went that far. To the Mm -hmm. point where you could shoot it on location. Yeah. Well, most of Dawn was on location, but, like, literally, they they could not build the top of an unfinished (laughs) tower. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have have an ape crash, like, 14 stories down. Yeah, like, I make no qualms about how I say, uh, um, Dawn is kind of like the apes movie's equivalent of Empire Strikes Back. Mm. And it's also kind of like, I've compared it, uh, especially when I was in high school and we were reading Othello, but it's kind of like Othello with apes. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly... I'm I'm not exaggerating when I say I think Koba is on par with Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker when it comes to movie villains. To, to a villain, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I'm not I'm I'm not. He's exaggerating. one of the most underrated like modern yeah. movie villains. I, I think the Apes movies, the Apes franchise in general, is extremely underrated. Oh, I yeah. I mean, like, I said I sent that to you guys last night. Yeah, it's incredibly underrated. Yeah, like they always receive a lot of critical acclaim and like yeah. praise, but like general audiences never talk about them. So no. so my dad won't watch those movies because he thinks they're too real. He, he, he genuinely <laughs> thinks that apes will rise and will take over. Um, and then I've, really? anytime I have a – yeah, it's fucking weird. Anytime I've had any conversation with anybody else, they're like, oh, that stupid fucking monkey movie. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not a fucking stupid monkey movie. No. It's, a, it's, a, it's a commentary on, on social issues that I don't think you're ready to deal with, and, you and fucking proves, idiot. And it also proves that a good movie can come from anywhere, yeah. which is yeah. a, a philosophy I continue and always will encourage. Like, it's, it's a really stupid idea. Oh, definitely. Like, oh, apes are in charge now. 
<laughs> that's the that's movie well, I want to make. I don't know. A lot of people have thought of that. <laughs> I know, but like, it's 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 not a particularly intriguing idea when you hear it. It sounds when you hear the title "Planet of the Apes," it sounds pretty dumb. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's but it's dumb. not. Should we? Uh, we should move on to yeah, war. I I mean, I would love to talk about Dawn for the rest uh, of the fucking just, podcast. We should yeah. probably probably yeah, should have just, just done a full episode. Yeah, we should have. But I don't know. I, I think that Dawn has some of the best writing, despite yeah. the fact that there's not a single word spoken except for the ex- exposition in the beginning until twenty oh, minutes into the movie. It's right. one of my favorite. Like, uh, I stand by like because when I saw Logan and I loved it, I'm like that was the best uh, like blockbuster screenplay I've seen since Dawn. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, there's, there's one specific exchange that I always talk about. I talked about it on the break. And it's just, when right before Caesar and Koba fight, it's four words. Koba just looks at, he's, he just says, like, uh, Caesar, weak. And, Co- and then Caesar looks at him, Koba, weaker. <laughs> and just, it just says so much. It's four words, and it's just those four words are written better than every Transformers movie. Yep, yep, yep every <laughs> single one. Like, why can't? Why is it that we're able to make a great movie about uh, about uh, anthrop- anthropomorphic apes, and not a great movie about big robots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if point. anything, very okay, like should be more human. I just had to get that off my chest. Yeah. So okay, well, let's move on to War. So I've seen War once, mm-hmm. which is a very unfortunate because I have it on Blu-ray. I was going to watch it today. Um, but then I didn't get around to it. Um, when I did see it, I was fucking stoked. I think you and I saw yeah, it together. Yeah, uh, we saw it. With, it was you, me, and two of our friends. Who did we see it with? Uh, John and Andrew. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I think there, there is a lot of stuff in it that I was not a huge fan of. Like, I think Woody Harrelson is really just being Woody Harrelson. That's what Woody Harrelson does. I don't yeah, know. I don't even it's, think it's unfortunate that that's what he's come down to. But I don't think it's a performance thing. I think a lot of his ever writers seem to think the Colonel is more interesting than he actually is. I think the Colonel's a really interesting I, character. Yeah, me I, too. I think he's fascinating. I think they could have. I think they should have gone with a less well-known actor. Do you think War of the Planet of the Apes is a sequel to Zombieland? <laughs> um, I wasn't gonna say there is that scene with uh, Harrelson where it's just where it's him and Caesar talking, what, and he's talking about the disease and how it's come back, which is one thing I loved. That's, I was like, that's, that's a such scene. a smart idea. But the way he performs it and the way he carries it, I was like, damn, you're really selling it. Like, cause before he sh- when he first shows up, I felt like he was kind of mimicking like Apocalypse Now or something. Well, he does <laughs> look like he's having a fucking grand time. Yeah. Woody Harrelson looks like he's having a lot of fun in this movie. Also, the apes look the best that they have oh ever looked. Oh my god. Um, Maurice they look, looks amazing. Maurice looks all good every single movie. I know, but this, this time one. looked like a fucking real like yeah. orangutan. Even the more cartoony, Is that orangutan? yeah, yeah. Even the more cartoony designs, like Bad Ape, looks really good. I love oh, Bad, Bad Ape. Ape. It's so good. I love Bad Ape. It would have so been much. so easy to turn him into like the obnoxious Jar Jar Binks, annoying comic mm-hmm. relief. But like, no, he's genuine. I love him. Like he's genuinely useful. He's when he, not when he annoying. Walks, when he walks out of the building wearing like the toque and the vest, <laughs> and then he's just like thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, it was also interesting because when I heard uh, Steve Zan was cast, who's a comedian, yeah, I was like, oh god, who's he gonna play? And basically, he's doing a motion capture. I was like, all right, okay, Matt Reeves, impress me, yeah. impress me. What are you gonna do with this guy? I'm like, holy shit! He improved, he improved the movie a lot. I think that I think if there's one criticism I would make of Don is I think it it was missing humor. There was like no yeah, humor there was in the movie. no. I think there, was there, would, there would have been. It's a very tense movie, obviously. Although I mean, that's that kind of way. the natural progression of things, right? Because like like the first one is kind of kooky 
It's it, it's got its moments of corniness. The second one has genuine humor in it. Really, I like, didn't find a lot of humor. I, in I think there are funny moments in Dawn for sure. I yeah. mean, there, there's moments that make you laugh, like like when the 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 gas station comes on, and I think it's John Denver that's playing, isn't it? Yeah. I think uh, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, I didn't find that to be a funny scene at all. I, I, I just thought, thought it, really it's touching. funny to, to yeah. well, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's it's touching, but it's it, it is levity. I would yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it humorous. It's more of a break from the tension. Yeah, which is right what, before it ramps up. Right, right, yeah. which is what right, uh, don't a war. <laughs> which Rise is don't war. Which is what war doesn't quite have. Like mm. war is just like pretty much go the whole time. Yeah, from the moment it starts until the moment it ends, like it's pretty much just like. Here you go. Like, like well, let's fuck everything up. Like the, the way I could describe it, my one sentence sentence reviews for each is, um, uh, Rise, very good movie. Dawn, exceptional film. Third one, uh, sorry, War, still good, but third movies are hard. Yeah, yeah. third movies are very hard. <laughs> to to me, War is the story about basically just Caesar breaking. Yeah, yeah, after, totally. After Blue Eyes and uh, Cornelia are killed. Yeah, like a lot of people, a lot of people say that it's not uh, complaining. Oh, there's no actual war. I'm like, no, it's more of a psychological war between yeah. uh, Caesar and, and there the is Colonel. A, there is an actual war going on. It's just it's focusing on Caesar's story. Right. Um, there's uh, also if there's anything that I think is the weakest part, there are two th- major criticisms I have. One, which is that you have that one uh, ape. Uh, I forget what his actual name is, but they call him Donkey. Yeah, Donkey. Red. Um, call, well, like yeah. He, he's called Red because he's red. Yeah, so uh, I feel like they should have switched him out with the uh, white ape. Uh, with Winter? The, w- yeah, Winter. Winter, yeah. Like, yeah. because I felt like that, that was the perfect setup for him to go over, and then, like, he would be one who comes around in the end. Well, it, I don't think it works as well with uh, Red being just bad right from the start. I also have a lot of trouble believing that uh, that if you have a sanction of apes following Koba, yes. they would go inside with humans. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I find that completely believable. Okay, I, I'm on Liam's side on this. <laughs> I, I find that very hard to believe, that, that these are people who believed an ideal with Koba's thought process that humans are bad. And why would they team up with the humans? Because they're driven by fear. Okay, but that's not... But they're not driven by human fear. They're driven well, by the... They're, they're, they are driven they're, by Sorry, whatever. they're driven by the fear of humans they're no. they're driven by they're fear-based beings i think because koba was a fear-based being yes but he was and fearful they will, they of will, humans they will run they will run from whatever they fear most and at that moment caesar killed their leader caesar killed koba they're more afraid of caesar than they are of humans i don't know i just see it more likely that they become almost more of like a radical group killed, sorry he had killed them three years prior well yeah they, they had been or no five years prior at that point two there's two years between war and Don. but Caesar is fifteen. Caesar's eight. No, Caesar's fifteen in in dawn. Well, and you said he was twenty when he dies in in war. He is. Hold on. So it's Uh, five years. Well, if if it was five years, Cornelius would be much older. Cornelius would not be a baby. This timeline does not make sense. (laughs) No, it it does. I don't think he's fifteen in dawn. Um, He is because dawn is five years after. Also, yeah. Okay. Dawn take, war, Dawn takes takes place, place. war takes place 15 years after the virus gets out. I'm looking this up. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty <laughs> maybe, sure maybe Dawn. You're, maybe you're right, but Dawn takes place five years after. I'm pretty sure. It's oh no, two. it's ten. Um, Dawn takes. Dawn, Dawn take, takes place ten years after. After rise, which gives yes. enough time yeah. for the humans to be wiped yeah, out. Okay. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it says uh, ten years after pen, the pandemic of the deadly um, simian flu. 
the worldwide human and Caesar, population. And Caesar is okay, sorry. born, he okay. lives to, he's about eight at the end of Rise, I believe. No, he's five. He's five at the end mm. of Rise. Rise takes place over the course of, of like, like three months. We see Caesar as a baby. Yeah, but when he climbs <laughs> to the top of the tree, it says five years yeah, later. Yeah, and then time passes after that. Not much time. What I was I'm pretty going... sure it said some, at some point they said a year. So no. I'm, I don't uh, know. Mm, I feel uh, like what, I'm pretty sure. I feel like what would have been an easy ride around with the whole, like, uh, I guess, at least for me, like, having trouble buying apes of Koba uh, followers siding with humans. I feel like it would have made more sense for them to grow off and form their own radical group. And yeah, whatnot. but then they would have been exterminated yeah. by the humans, and, then, and they would not have been as strong as yeah. they were with apes. And but attack- they're terrified of Caesar. Yeah, but I mean, going off and attacking humans, which leads humans over to be, like, continuing to war with Caesar. Hmm? What? It's only five years. <laughs> Caesar's only five in, in Rise. At, at, like, about halfway through Rise. Like, how old... Okay, so hold on, hold on. Caesar climbs to the top of the tree. Yes, and it says five years later. It's five years. How old was he when he started climbing the tree? That's a question I need answered. Oh... That's a good point. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so yeah, he's okay. So this podcast has turned into us just like, this timeline doesn't make sense. No, no, it's eight years. Turning right, okay, that makes sense. Boys. Okay, okay, so he's 18. He's eight, Then he must be 18 yeah. in Dawn. Yeah. Okay, we're, right. okay, Lucas, we're on the same page. <laughs> okay, we've turned the pages and now we're on the same page. Yes, okay, so, okay, so he's 18. I'm sorry, I was not listening to a but fucking also, thing either of yeah. you were also, also, they are driven by the fear of humans because they're terrified of humans. Humans are going to kill them if they're with Caesar. Humans are going to kill them if they're alone. If they join the humans, the humans won't kill them, is how they see it. I don't know. That's how they see it. But, I mean, how could you guarantee that? I don't you, know. you don't, but that's the way they see that's that They see that as their best shot. Okay. I don't know. I just feel that's like fair. it would have it made a lot more sense if they went off, like, because with how many apes there were, like, because they, they show a lot. Um, they literally say how many donkeys they have. They have 11. Yeah, because, like, say if, like, a bunch of Kobo followers went off and just started doing their own, like, almost, like, Taliban-y attacks type there, things. And there, are they all gorillas? No. I thought that um, donkey. I thought donkey was a name for the gorilla. No, oh. the the gorilla's name is Red. They just they just they call all the apes they have donkeys. Yeah, because they and Matt Reeves has said it's because like Donkey Kong, Donkey. Yeah, yeah. that's um, hilarious. Um, <laughs> but like, okay, I would that's, see that's them as, one joke in that movie. I would go uh, see them as going off and kind of doing their own attacks or whatnot, which leads the army back to Caesar. And, like, uh, that's why the war continues on, because you have these assholes running around and just starting shit, and, like, it makes it impossible for peace. See, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't buy that at all, honestly. And and who are Caesar's, uh, like, human companions in that movie? In war? Yeah. Uh, Nova. Just Nova. Just Nova. Yeah. Right. Also, that that kid was a, was very good. Oh, mm-hmm. just, yeah, the deaf kid. Right. Not, not deaf, but. She uh, had the, uh, yeah, yeah, she's mute she from the, the flu. Disease, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, again, I love the whole idea of the flu coming back. And, like, because I like, like how they finally kind of start to explain, like, the actual symptoms and showing what's going to happen in mm-hmm. like, the, also the, the future. That a lot of uh, diseases tend to mutate and come back. And, like, yeah. uh, literally, it did that in, the, in Rise. You know what I was really worried about? Alzheimer's did anyway. Mm. Yeah. Not Alzheimer's. You know what I was really worried about was that uh, in war, that they were going to go to New York and pull down. Uh, the Statue of Liberty and shit. Oh yeah, I was really concerned that that's what that movie was gonna be about, or go to oh go to Washington and replace Abraham Lincoln's head. As with um, Ape oh my god. As a uh, one big question I was gonna ask you is, would you guys be happy if it just ended here and they did no more Apes movies in this? Yes, I want them to mm-hmm. not make any more because like I feel like a lot of I know a lot of people want them to like tear down the Statue of Liberty and fully take over no, the fuck planet, that. but fuck it's that. like this is its own continuity at this point. I, it I is. would it's say its own well, time loop. I, yeah, it's a time loop, but I would also say that 
This is a, like if you want to see a sequel to War of the Planet of the Apes, just watch Planet of the Apes. Sort I think it's technically a, that takes place uh, like two thousand years in the future, but still. Yeah, because but there's also you, like I mean I think I would say is like a spiritual kind of like loop, yeah. like a like a sequel loop in the same mm-hmm. way that the prequels kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say that's fine enough. Yeah. Leave, leave it the way that it is. In Rise of Our Easter Eggs of like the shuttle going into space and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of references in War. Yeah, and a lot of people think that that's setting up a major plot point. I'm like, no, I think that's just kind of an Easter egg to be original. Yeah, it's yeah. an Easter egg. Because, again, I think this is kind of its own continuity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same it, thing it with the Abrams, it, like, yeah. Star Trek films. It literally has to be its own continuity because Taylor leaves Earth in the in the 70s. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, no, no, no. It's yeah, but I mean, like, almost like, because a lot of people yeah. think of it being a, as a reboot. Like, you, have, they think that, like, if you do a fourth one, the humans will come back and the apes will have taken over the world mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I'm like... At that point, you'd just be watching the original movie again. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, I, I, I'll admit, I'm sort of interested in, like, a standalone Maurice movie. Just because, <laughs> like, I, I love Maurice, but also Maurice is supposed to become the lawgiver. If you guys know what the lawgiver yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, the, the uh, one of the pillars of ape religion in Planet of the Apes is, sorry, is the lawgiver. And apparently Maurice was supposed to become the lawgiver, but they sort of abandoned that storyline. Ah. Which is fine. Well, I mean, Mars kind of is like that in War. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like Caesar's right-hand man. Yeah. Um, is he, is Maury supposed to be a woman? No, no Maury, it's, it's Maury a man. Is a dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, he kind of, like, is, is Caesar's right-hand man and, and, like, you know, kind of giving Caesar those those moral um, questions. When, yeah. Especially I mean, when they're sitting around the fire deciding whether or not to do something, right? Yeah. Yeah, Maurice, Maurice is uh, Caesar's moral compass, yes. essentially. Yeah. He's like his advisor, his, um, uh, what is it, like his Yoda, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Very uh, big Yoda. Um, what I was going to say, um, what I praise the whole trilogy for overall is that each one is kind of a different movie. Like, it's not like a lot of sequels or trilogies you see where it's like, oh, it's just this one again. Mm-hmm. And then you have another one that's completely different. Because I describe uh, Rise as being a, um, it's kind of like a Jurassic Parky cautionary tale about, like, screwing around with nature and the repercussions for it. Mm-hmm. Um... Well, Dawn is kind of more of like a Shakespearean ty- kind of like tragedy type thing. Yeah. And like a. Sh- I, I would see war as more of a tragedy. Um, no, I see war as almost being more of like a biblical epic type thing. Yes. Really? Caesar, Caesar is literally Moses. Okay. Yeah. Let my let my apes go. Well, and like like literally Moses was uh, a Jewish man who was adopted by an Egyptian family. Caesar okay. is an ape who was adopted, adopted by, by a human, human family. family. <laughs> like it's it's. It's not a, an exact analogy, but no, like, but it, it's good enough. It, yeah, it's, it's kind of like how uh, Dawn is kind of like an inner splicing of say something like Othello and uh, uh, Macbeth or mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, uh, like I, I you think have, like, you know, also I, Caesar dies as he re- as they reach the promised land. True. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, there's I, like, I I think I, I would see um, the entire trilogy. I love that I can say that <laughs> trilogy um, um, as just a, it's a tragedy overall. Like, like it, I, it, it's the same thing with, like, Back to the Future. It's, it's hard to not string those movies together, right? Like, mm. I, although I did say earlier, you can watch any of those movies and, back any, to and, and, and not have seen any of the other ones. Yeah, but there's, there's so much richer well, as a trilogy. Back to yeah. the Future also has that difference of, like, uh, was it? It's all one big story directed by and written by the same people. Right. Well, uh... Uh, was it a Dawn and Dawn? War written by the same guy and then, um, or, or like directed well, by write, the same guy? Writers and whatnot came and went. Like you, ha- the first one is uh, Rupert Wyatt directing, written by uh, uh, 
I don't know. Um, I don't know her names, but then they wrote, uh, uh, was it Half of Dawn? And the other bits were written by Matt Reeves and Mar- Mark ba- Bombach. And then the next one is... Uh, is it Matt- Bombach? Uh, then the last one is uh, Matt Reeves directed. Matt Reeves in a uh, screenplay. And I think it's uh, Bombach also in... Uh, Are you saying Bombach or Bombach? Bombach. Are you sure? <laughs> Sorry, I hate that I'm being um, such a fucking prick about it. <laughs> but yeah, like, so it's kind of, like, inconsistent in that sense where you have, like, different people coming in and, like, working on it. Well, with Back to the Future, it's all the same people continuously going. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I mean... No, it's Bombach. You're right. I think, I think despite that, it still works 100%. I'd say Rise is sort of the, the standout one that it feels significantly different than dawn and yeah, it's 100%. very differently yeah. directed yeah. it's very the tone is a little different it's a yeah. little more for lack of a better term fun yeah like what well, it's, it's, it's a little more high concept serious. sci-fi yeah, it's a lot more colorful well, the other ones and... are the other two are like i wouldn't necessarily call them speculative but they're they're a lot more speculative than the first yeah. one they, yeah. they're they're i honestly i would call dawn more than war but war is more as well political dramas yeah yeah, yeah they're very and they're a lot more like they're very hustle cards yeah, they're okay. very yeah they're very deliberately paced they're very bleak and uh like uh they're kind of like the walking dead but with apes yeah. okay <laughs> so here is where we get to the point where we order them it, it, I know you're not a big fan of it. I don't rank things. But <laughs> I think we should try, Lucas. Ranking we, should is try, a we should try things. Well, I, I just think it's pointless. But anyway, go on. You fucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I put it as uh, 2 1 3. That's my order of the Apes movies. Because I've seen one recently. If I watch three again tonight, I'll probably go 2 3 1. Yeah, I say but I stand by. I will by... never not put two as the best. Yeah, one. I stand by mm-hmm. 2 3 1. Um, and that's not to discredit any of them at all. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, Dawn is, I think, like, Dawn is catching lightning in a bottle. You can't, I don't know if you can do that again. Can we at least agree that two is the best? Oh, Dawn is the best. All oh, right. Yes. Dawn okay. is my absolute okay. what is I'll, I'll, give, I'll give Lucas the benefit favorite? of the doubt and not let him fucking rate something. Because, again, what is your least favorite? Hmm? I don't know. If I, I were to phrase I it like know. that. I, I love them all. But you, Timber. But you clearly love Dawn, uh, Dawn so much. Yeah, I love, I, I had the best experience with Dawn. Okay, and I have a pretty even experience with the other two, which okay. is to say great. Okay, now here is my biggest problem with the whole entire franchise. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes. War of the Planet of the Apes. It, it, Still know, pisses it, me off, uh, Lucas. Also, we called it, too. I remember did, I did. remember before that, before they even re- announced it, I was just like, I bet you it's going to be called War. And I was kind of annoyed because I'm like, that's the most obvious and generic title you could possibly go for. <laughs> well, what else? I don't know. I don't know. And then Maybe it came out, not. and I was like, Lucas, it's called uh, yeah, War. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're right. Ascension of a Planet of the Apes. Or... That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Legacy of... <laughs> <laughs> and, like, battle for, battle for the Planet of the Apes was taken. Yeah. Yeah, so war. So yeah. Fuck it. All right. Um, this has been our retrospective of the Planet <laughs> of the Apes movies. Of, so good. Oh, man, I love them so much. I want to go watch it now. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I'm probably going to go home and watch Dawn. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, these are, these are great films, and I'm really glad we finally got to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Now it means that we can only reference them from here on out. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just going to say every single episode of Thundercast from now on will just be about apes. Yeah. <laughs> <I> just Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the, ne- the next episode, we're going to go into the genealogy of uh, the North American chimpanzee. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, he misread. 
but North American hosts Hippo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening. This has been the Thundercast. Uh, We'll see you again in about two weeks. See ya. Hello and welcome to fucking your mom live on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's an audio medium. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know oddly erotic <laughs> when it just sounds like. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this human work. Human. Human. <laughs>